What's going on, everybody? It's the tagline. We are the Cinefanatics, and this is the tagline. This is the show where the tagline is the title of the show. It never gets old. Not really, but I mean, <laughs> anyways, who are you? My name is Chris Adams. What's your oh, name? I'm Robert Adams. What? All right. Well, we have uh, a great one. Go ahead. Right, off, right off the bat, though, uh, this is this is a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit. We're used to sitting in front of like a blue curtain and hosting this, and I'm used to looking up at a camera that, I, I don't know. <laughs> Something's different about this particular episode. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Uh, could it be that we're doing it through StreamYard for a specific reason? Possibly. Uh, that specific reason happens to be that this is our very first episode where we have a guest on our episode. Um now, we were hopefully hoping at some point to get guests like physically there sitting at the table with us, um, unfortunately, due to the current situation going on and the fact that he's out in California anyways. Uh, we're not able to do that. So we would like to welcome to the tagline our very first guest ever. Uh, that would be John the Outlaw Roca. Yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you for having me on the show. This is going to be fun. Um, I didn't know it was your first guest that's yeah. the, on the show ever. And uh, I didn't know you guys were brothers. That's the second part of this whole thing. I had no <laughs> idea you guys were brothers. So this is a, this has been a very revelatory uh, beginning already to the show. We're all learning some new things here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, first off, right off the top, before we do anything else, dude, I want to say how much I admire you because you just got done with a two hour and some odd minute stream with yeah. Dan. And then you're jumping on over here and hanging out with us for another two hours or however long <laughs> yeah it was two hours and 20 minutes with dan on my channel on the outlaw nation channel we just did the outlaw nation show uh but this is i started my work day late so like you know 12 30 when we did smoke down backstage i i woke up at like 11 so i was to me this is still part of my work day and the reason i host multiple shows or do multiple shows is because i can talk for hours on end so to me it's i'm not exhausted or tired or anything like that and when you're a guest uh, it takes the pressure off you, making sure you're reading all the streamlabs and the super chats and make sure everything's coordinated and you got the right video. I get to just sit back and relax and let you guys do the your thing and just answer any questions you have. So I'm excited, dude. Honestly. Right, right. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm glad to have you here. Super, super glad to have you here. Um, uh, one thing real quick though. Uh so we weren't able because this is a new format for us doing this uh through StreamYard instead of our normal normally we would do this through obs mm. uh, since we're in the same place yeah. uh but since we're doing this through Streamyard, i wasn't able to fully do an overlay the overlay i wanted to put in was going to cut off uh too much of roca yeah. i didn't want to do that so uh just so i'm gonna throw them in here at the beginning i just want to go through uh so i'm gonna make these as banners you can follow us uh, us two specifically, Twitter, Instagram, there's our handles for that. Robert Adams, MLP, Chris Adams, MLP. Uh, and then you can also follow Roca. Make sure you follow Roca at the Roca says Twitter, Instagram. And then also make sure you hop on John Roca's Patreon. That is at patreon.com slash John Roca. Uh, doing a lot of great things on your Patreon. It, it, it's great to see creators building their brand, their platform like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we will be talking about Patreon again a little bit later, but yeah, make sure all of y'all watching hop on John Roca's Patreon. Thank you. Very kind of you to plug that. Thank you. 
And that's the show, everybody. Good night. Never <laughs> <laughs> got the plugs out. <laughs> um, no, uh, that's a lot of fun stuff. A lot of great stuff that you're doing. That honestly, like everybody is just killing the game right now, all across the board. Just because you guys are, you know, a lot of you guys, uh, you know, left in that situation where you had to start your own brands, kind of create Ooh. your own outlets, and do all sorts of fun stuff. And I think it's just really just growing how much you guys are all able to do creatively. And that's one of the th reasons like we're thrilled to have you on here. Cause we like to have other people who are like really killing the game and doing, doing well creatively. Well, that's kind of you, man. I mean, I'm, I came on because I know you guys have been uh, big fans of the Schmodown. Your reacting reaction videos have been fantastic. You've traveled to our shows. Uh, and so uh, I, as I got to understand who you guys really were, I've enjoyed your shows, which I'm sure we'll get to later that story, but I've enjoyed uh, you know, kind of catching up and watching your shows, you guys' unique point of view. Uh, and I like the occasional irritability you guys have with each other when you're doing your analysis or reactions to things. So for me overall, I think I was excited. I, you know, now that I'm free, that I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff uh, at my at my previous outlet, I get to go on shows and, and have fun with people and give back and pay it forward because people have been kind to come on my shows when mm -hmm. I was first starting out. And so uh, I always like to give back. Uh, in that way so i'm always excited to come on a show for sure for sure yeah um and thank you for coming on to this show yeah. <laughs> all right so uh one of the things we want to do real quick i think we want to just jump into some of these headlines talk some of this movie news kind of get your thoughts on some of the stuff that's been happening lately uh as little of it as there is also <laughs> real quick as uh jake yakovet is pointing out in our chat uh, if you have any questions, make sure you drop the, you can go to streamlabs.com slash cinefanatics. Again, typically we have a link up above, but again, don't have it right now. So you can drop questions over there. Also, there is the super chat. Make sure you get those in if you have any questions for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah drop those in. Um, so I think typically what I like to do is I like to run through some of like the smaller headlines and then kind of hit the big topic of the show. Uh, so kind of get your thoughts on a lot of stuff. I think one of the first things is that you're seeing, uh, you're seeing a lot of these movies right now, just due to the current situation that we're all in, you're seeing a lot of these movies right now getting pushed. And, you know, we talk, we talk about this. Uh, obviously we've talked about this a lot on this show lately, just cause that's, that's kind of been the only news that's been coming out over the last few weeks. Um, but I mean, like you hear, like just here, just today, you got uh venom, you got uh heard a couple days ago, Batman, you know, mm. we hear today in the Heights got pushed too. And kind of get your thoughts on like one of the things that I really enjoy about I shouldn't say enjoy one of the things I I admire about the the situation of them kind of delaying these is that these studios are still showing that commitment to the theatrical experience, mm, which mm. is it's it's huge. And for those of us who who really enjoy movies, that's that's something we really we really admire because yeah. you know the theatrical experience is a huge piece of it. Yeah. So like what what are your thoughts on on some of that stuff like how it's a uh maybe how even some of this is kind of shaping the landscape right now too. Yeah. I think there's so many unknowns that are happening right now and the studios are kind of just playing catch up and kind of just kind of seeing, looking around going, okay, well let's do that and see what happens. Uh, I'm sure they've, they're having countless zoom meetings uh, discussing strategy, discussion, looking at analytics, uh, wondering what's going to work, what isn't going to work. I mean, we just had the news that Scoob Scoob is going to VOD <laughs> Uh, so it's going to be there from now. It's going to be there as a premiere. And we saw that with 
Trolls World World Tour, which did really well. We yeah. won't know the numbers for like three or four months, but it initially did really well. So will Scoob do that? I think what we're seeing is, uh, and may scare a lot of uh, creators and uh, people who are used to nice paychecks from their uh, creations, we may see smaller films or more animated films going straight to uh, video streaming for people who are excited to see those films. And they may find a stronger audience amongst people who don't want to go out anymore, who do want to just pay $20 once and get the film for five members of their family or three or four members of the family. It's a cheaper way to uh, consume entertainment. I mean, this was always coming as soon as Netflix blew up and then Amazon Prime, then Hulu, then Disney Plus, all these streaming services started becoming successful and popular. I think that it was the writing on the wall that eventually the studios were going to have to only put out blockbuster movies. Uh, and in that way, I think we're seeing now that being that uh, um, uh, that possibility being hastened now because of the uh, coronavirus uh, issues and the uh, delays and the rescheduling and the postponements. Um, that's what we're going. I mean, they're still stubbornly holding on to some films in June and July, like Tenet hasn't moved. Uh, uh, they kicked SpongeBob SquarePants just a week down the road. So it's weird how they're doing this. I think they're all just kind of figuring it out as they go along. And then we as fans eventually are going to be the real deciders of this because how many people are going to run back into a movie theater, a crowded movie theater, yeah. uh, and go see a big blockbuster film with the reports we're starting to get now that there might be a second wave of this stuff coming of coronavirus. Do you want to be part of the second wave? That's the thing that will scare families. You know, I mean, young kids are gonna run out, 20 year olds, whatever, they're gonna run out on their crew and think they're invincible, but families, parents are gonna worry about their kids contracting the stuff and themselves as well. So as someone like you, who's in the movie space as well, what was the last movie you saw in the theater before this? That's a great question. Shit. <laughs> what was the last movie I saw? Oh, The Way Back. I guess The Way Back was the last one I saw in the theater um, uh, because I'd gotten into through the studio. They had got me a screening to go see it. So I went to see it in the theater. But that was the last thing I think I saw. And Invisible Man. Both those screenings were, I think, the last two things I saw in the theater uh, before it all went down. And Birds of Prey. So those three. Those three were the last three I saw in, in the movie theater. And I don't... You know, and I don't mean to speak too far out of turn, Robert and Chris, but I'll tell you this. I'm okay with this break right now. And maybe because I've lived longer than some of the people in this sphere or in their 20s and just getting into going to see movies and going in mass and analyzing them and talking about them. Like, I'm at a little bit of a later age in my life. So for me, taking a break from all the madness of it is kind of nice. It's kind of nice mm -hmm. to sit back and uh, you know, uh, discover movies again that you hadn't seen before. There's there's so much great films on Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix that I'd had in my queue for years or or for yeah. the last few months, and now getting a chance to go, go watch them without this fear that oh well if if I watch this movie now uh, I, I also have to watch a movie later and then I have to watch this and and all of that. It's nice to kind of take a little bit of a break uh, from that. I know some people are upset they can't go to the movie theater, but. I'm okay for a little bit, just waiting, and then when it when it happens again, we'll we'll go back and enjoy it even more. See, I like I, I completely agree because like our last movie was Bloodshot, so we're, oh, I'm sorry, we're, yeah, we're eager to run back out for a good movie in the theater again. <laughs> but uh, kind of going to like what you were saying in regards to 
having this little break as yeah. like the two of us are still we're still in the process of starting this movie channel yeah. one of the things that we learned was that we have to we have to be able to play ball in this space and go see these movies the second they come out we're, yeah. we're like we were used to planning thursday night opening night uh if i'm working or he's working with us the second we're off work and we're able to quickly get to the movie theater mm. see the new movie uh do the review i'll edit it as fast as i can like the next day and get it up on the channel yeah and like we're getting to the part where yeah there's like two or three major movies that we need to be able to as owning a movie youtube channel we need to be able to pump these reviews out because mm. that's what's going to be the the first and foremost of simplest content to viewers is movie yeah. reviews yeah. or trailer reactions. But I mean, still mm -hmm. uh, like being able to crank those out. So we had already started to see the pressure of being able to keep up and maintain, which I'm not complaining about that. It's yeah. a lot of fun, but yeah. yeah, this is definitely like a, a break from that while we kind of regroup and try to figure out exactly what we want to do with this channel mm -hmm. besides just those, those videos. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's a—I mean—it's an interesting situation. You brought it up where you have like Scoob that's uh, that's kind of not—I wouldn't say breaking the rules, but going going off uh, the the pattern that's already been set for from some of these other studios, and that they're also just releasing it for purchase. Yeah, um, and so you have the opportunity for for those of us who work in this, who want to do stuff on YouTube, who want to do movie content, and kind of kind of be in that space. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, we got a movie that we get to get to watch and review. Right, coming up. So that's it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird it's gonna be a weird thing to sit down for a review again. Yeah, but I I also think uh, like the content demands are changing from the fans now. Like I think people are okay with you reviewing a movie from three months ago or six months ago or a year ago because they're discovering it for the first time on a streaming service because they actually have the time to watch it now uh, because they're not working or they're being told to stay home. So they got to fill that time. So then they're like, oh, oh yeah, I missed Portrait of a Lady on Fire or I missed Parasite or I missed this or that. So I'm starting to see review my reviews for Emma and my, my interview with Johnny Flynn went from like 400 views to 1900 views or 1600 views over the last few couple of weeks. And I was just like, what? Like usually once you do an interview, it'll hit its apex and it doesn't go higher. Uh, this one actually keeps climbing uh, as well. And the Emma review keeps climbing. So it's so strange. I wonder if my gentleman review, now that it's coming out on um, Blu-ray or DVD soon, will jump up as well. So you're seeing people kind of coming back to this other content uh, that has uh, about movies that have that have already uh, come out for a while uh, and uh, revisiting those reviews. So I, there's still plenty of stuff to review. Uh, it's just a matter if you want to take a chance on putting the effort in, on editing it, shooting it, all that jazz to put out there and see how people will respond to it. And I think movie reviews is definitely like one of the ones that out of all the content, uh, at least from our point of view, from what we've seen so far, movie reviews are really hard to break through to get those viewers, especially mm. for a new channel, because you don't know us, you don't know our right. personality. Uh, so you're probably not necessarily going to listen to our opinion on stuff like that. While something like a trailer reaction, it, it's short, it's simple, it's yep. simply digestible. Uh, all you do is you see a trailer, we're seeing a trailer, you have an opinion, we have an opinion. If the mm -hmm. opinion matches up, you subscribe to us, and then maybe you'll come back and see what our opinion was of that movie that we did the reaction to the trailer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what's going to hopefully help build yeah. the channel. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. so for those of you out there who are interested in uh, doing movie content, this is some valuable information for you that you're you're catching right now. Uh, yeah, this is the thing I need to do for my channel because you know I've been hosting all those shows on my live on the shows that are on my on the channel. It's live streams. I haven't had a chance to shoot these reviews. I get exhausted. So shooting a review on top of all the shows, I, I, that can be daunting. So I've, I've kind of carved out days now in my production schedule where I go, okay, Thursday is only one show, and then you shoot a review that day and edit it the rest of the day and then put it out either that night or, or, or Friday morning so that it's out there and you're at least getting the – how can I getting the reps, getting the reps in of, of doing, cause that's been the trend. That's been the hardest thing to transition from Collider into my own thing is I'm not an editor. So I was, we would just shoot reviews of Collider and then Christian or Cobster, I'm sorry, Cobster or, 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 uh, 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 Cody or Remsen or Frank, uh, they would, or Adam, they would edit the videos for us. So the reviews came out without us doing editing, any editing on it. Right. The, the gentleman review, uh, I shot a birds of prey review 14 minutes long, I did everything, edited it. I, I watched it and I threw it in the trash. And I just was like, I can't. And, and I went into a deep hole at the time about it because I'm like, no one's going to want to hear what I have to say. I'm not at Collider anymore. Why are people going to care? And then a friend of mine just sat me down and was like, this is the most ridiculous way for you to look at this thing. People mm -hmm. know your voice. They want your content. Don't think you have to make Citizen Kane with every review. Part of it is them going on the journey with you and learning and watching you fall and get up and learn and get tighter and tighter and tighter. And certainly that's been the truth on the channel. So I encourage you guys just keep doing it, man. I mean, that's how it is. Eventually you're going to do one that like for whatever reason takes off and then people are going to jump on the channel. That's kind of how it's always been in YouTube. Uh, with us, it's been the, uh, when the first trailer for Joker came out, mm. uh, okay. for some reason that one took off. Now, I don't know if that's because our typical, <laughs> Uh, like where we do reactions, we're just sitting on the couch and we have that Joker poster that's typically sitting behind us. <laughs> right. I don't know if it's because we're now known for that Joker poster. So when a Joker movie came out, they're like, ooh, let's go back to those guys that had a Joker poster because they're probably going to be the experts on Joker because they got a Joker poster. Right. Like, I don't know if that had something to do with it, but that that those trailer reactions took off. And like, I think we jumped like 100 subscribers in one week yeah. just on that first trailer reaction. Let's go see what those couple of jokers think about this movie. Yeah, fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, talking about those uh, release dates being pushed, I think it's mm. it's kind of it's it's a no brainer right now. I mean, I'm kind of curious. Well, it's one of the things we've been talking about. I'm really curious as to see how this whole thing, you know, ends, so to speak, and the yeah. movie start to reopen because, you know we don't we don't like get political on this channel ever but if you're talking about like the current guidelines that are supposed to be set in place for three mm -hmm. phases of reopening and everything you're saying theaters can open like in phase two or something like that it's like yeah but are there going to be any movies to even put in the theater at that time theater. yeah or if you're in georgia they're open right now oh god <laughs> yeah well, and this is just like Jaws, right? When the mayor is trying to make everybody yeah. go back in the water for money for July 4th. It's like, oh, come on. You, you, you get in there, Harold. Come on, Harold. You, you got to get in there. You, it looks bad on all of us if you don't go in there. You're one of the town leaders, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, that's what I don't want to see is these politicians who, by the way, are not going to go to these crowded places and put themselves or their families in danger, forcing or encouraging or strongly enforcing people to go back to the movie theater and go back to those things. Um, I think that's uh, irresponsible leadership and not to be, because I don't care 
what side of the political aisle you're on. I think that's irresponsible leadership, uh, and it's tantamount uh, to uh, you know encouraging people to sacrifice their lives unnecessarily just for commerce, and that has never been hopefully what this country has been about. So we'll see how people react to it. Uh, and people will vote by not going. And I, that's what I hope happens, but, you know. And I think like, especially with movie theaters, we definitely have to use a political term. We actually have a group of checks and balances on there. Because yeah. sure, the movie theaters are going to reopen, but the studios need to be able to provide those movies. If the movie theaters are going to be opening with still like some sort of social distancing where they mm. can only sell like every other three or four seats in a row because they're trying to keep you right yeah, movie theaters aren't going to do that they're like mo a lot of the movie theaters especially like here in austin texas we where we have like alamo draft house a lot of them now do online where you select your seat yeah or you even get to the theater it's not like get to the theater as early as possible to make sure you get the good seat you you select your seat at home well now what's going to happen when you go online to select your seat and you can only select every four seats or if like say you're in a group say like if it's uh mm -hmm. me and my brother are going to a movie together. Well, we live in the same apartment, so we could sit in a in a movie theater right next to each other and still be perfectly fine. But is the movie theater going to say, "Oh no, you two need to split up"? Again, and then movie theaters are Great selling question. maybe only a fourth of their seats. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then again, studios make the money off the tickets at least for the yeah. first couple of weeks or month. Right. Movie theaters are now only taking maybe a fourth of the concessions, and that's right. hoping that everyone who goes to that movie theater is buying something at the concession stand. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's going to have long lasting. And again, the checks and balances, studios aren't going to release their movies. Families aren't going to go necessarily because they're too scared to be in, in that situation to begin with. Right. So there's a lot involved with movie theaters being able to reopen and go back to that normal. Mm -hmm. Cause I wonder if you see a situation where, you know, movie theaters are going to reopen say like, say we get to July and everyone's like, cool, let's reopen theaters. We're good. And now you have a situation where like, well, say in June, they decide to move tenant. Yeah. So you right. like your, your last real big uh, tent pole for the summer prior to, of course, Wonder Woman being in August mm -hmm. uh, moves. Now say we're able to reopen in July, but we have no movies to show. Yeah. You know, our, our theater is going to turn around and say, like, let's replace some of the old classics. So let's put Endgame back in the theater or something. Is Disney going to be like, yeah, let's put Endgame back in because <laughs> make some money off of that. I mean, that would make sense to me, but that'd know. be so surreal to watch that right now, though. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, exactly. With the, the snap, but yeah. you look at you look at um, China, right? China reopened the theaters. And I know some people have been like, well, we can't really trust the news out of China. I, I, I hear you that. But they did reopen the theaters and then close them quickly afterwards uh, because either a second uh, wave of this had hit them or people weren't coming. Yeah. Uh, and China tried to open up with uh, the Avatar and uh, Avengers movie. Like they were, I think there was like four or five of these past blockbusters that they were re-releasing in the theaters to try to get people to come. And for whatever reason, either people didn't come or a second wave of that thing of the coronavirus hit. And so they shut them all down again. And so, yeah, you can, I guess you can open up with those guns, but there's no guarantee people are going to go. There's just no guarantee that people are going to be willing to sacrifice their families in that way. And I think that's 
where initially the, the studios were jockeying to open their films, be the first films that were available as soon as the uh, lockdown was or the uh, whatever you call it, so the stay-at-home orders were lifted. Mm -hmm. uh, they'd be the first film. Now studios, I think, are hesitant to be the first one on the fire lines because it might be their movies that underperform because people are scared to go to the movie theater. So that's a, another factor of this that I think not a lot of people are talking about is that studios seem to be angling up, pushing a year away now or pushing all the way November or December because they don't want to be the first uh, uh, movies that are available for people to go see. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if I saw something like what I mentioned where Disney releases some of its like bigger mm. Marvel or Star Wars or something, put that back in the theater. Let That way they can recoup some of the losses like they, they got over this yeah. time. Because uh, like if it's safe enough, again, safe enough for us to go to the theater again, right. I wouldn't mind going and seeing Endgame one more time and cheering when Captain America catches the hammer and everything. <laughs> like, I even said on Twitter, I was like, man, this is the movie I want to see when theaters can open back up. Just put that back in the theater. I'm, I'm there and I want to I want to cheer again. Right on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, to that point, though, this sounds like an oppor a, a great opportunity for someone just to throw new mutants in the theater finally. <laughs> 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 let's just get that out there and just you know at least it's not out <laughs> not a bad idea i mean certainly it's a it's it's a it would be a reason to go see it uh first film in theaters after the coronavirus thing uh and see people's reactions to it that's for sure you would certainly tempt people more than a regular movie i think because the curiosity factor alone People will want to bat. People will fight themselves within themselves to go or not go, and that's kind of what you want when you release a movie uh, in yeah. the theaters. With that situation, I mean, like outside of whatever marketing they've done, that's purely just profit for Disney at this point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since they just acquired that from Fox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that makes sense. Um, so some, some things in the chat I wanted to point oh, out yeah. real quick. Hmm. If, I don't know if you're moving on to the next topic, but uh, <laughs> in here, uh, Brandon Buckingham, who's joining us uh, for the first time on our channel, uh, he he said on here that uh, I want to do movie content on my channel, but want it to be different and don't know how to make it special. Mm. Uh, from I would say just beginning right now, from my experience, and I, I believe Roca, you're also you could probably. Mm -hmm. also testify to this the number one first thing to make it special is you yeah no one else is you no one else is your personality it's what you bring to that channel it's what you bring to it uh for example going to uh touching upon the schmodown reactions there's a lot of there's a lot of schmodown reactors at this time right and everyone does it in a different way you have like uh the call to action that they do theirs because they're all rallied around uh, the team formerly known as Action. Right. And uh, that they are still team Action fans uh, mm -hmm. while doing like basically this, the StreamYard setup. Uh, you had Take 3 who have been reactors for a long time yeah. also do this kind of setup, but they've, they've been involved probably the longest out of most of the reactors still currently in the game right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you had... Uh, late to the party who was they were the first ones that were basically doing it the two of them together on the same camera uh who have then uh, ascended into the ranks of actual schmodown competitors right um you got a bunch of them a bunch of diff different people jth does his mm -hmm. uh the way he does it with his humor it all 
it, it, it's all different. Me and my brother, our brothers, sitting mm -hmm. on one camera, we're not doing the StreamYard thing. So it's different views, different personalities. And I think something like that overall is what's going to help your channel. Just bring that personality, bring in that view. If you're going to film something and edit it later, how you edit it, what you put in, uh, all of that stuff will contribute to how your channel will be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like we're brothers. So we have the flavor of uh, when I feel like he's going too long on a dot child, I can be like, shut it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's what at the end of the day is it's, it's all about your voice. Right. But if you get caught up with wanting, you know, 40,000 views on your first video, then you're going to fail. You're just going to fail. Uh, because your expectations are going to be too high and you don't know which one's going to blow blow up rather. So just do what you would want to see uh, on a video channel and make sure it's your voice. Don't imitate anyone else. You can be influenced by other people, yeah. but don't imitate anyone else. Whatever you do is what you do. I remember when I uh, people have come on my streams over the last month to my guests and they're like, wait a minute, you bring people onto the screen to ask questions? I'm like, that seems so logical to me that I didn't understand why no one had done that mm -hmm. of all the people who had jumped out in, in January and whatever to start their own uh, channels. And all of a sudden I see Riley doing it and I see uh, um, uh, Roxy doing it and other people doing it. And, and and Christian was the one who said to me on SCN Live, don't you think that might make bad radio? And I was like, that doesn't exist for me. I don't, I don't make bad radio. Uh, anybody who comes in, I will find a way to make it interesting to have them ask the questions or I just enjoy talking to people. And then what do I find out? Christian's doing a tier where you as patrons can come onto the screen and analyze a, a match. So I'm like, it's, this is the things that I just didn't understand people weren't doing. And so that was my particular approach to it, my voice. So that's what I would encourage Brandon, find what you want to see, what you would do and what's your voice. And then, you know, create the content around that. And if people like it, people will come. That's kind of how it works. And then also kind of just piggyback on that. We got uh, Jared Hiller here saying, would tips for podcasts be the same? Uh, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're, you're just eliminating the visual medium, but I mean, yeah. absolutely. It, it's the way you present that content, knowing that you're doing it as audio. Uh, you just got to find the ways to make the audio uh, catch to make it fun. Throw in yeah. the sound clips, little sound effects and stuff. <laughs> Anything like that can help keep it, keep it going, keep it fresh. Uh, just for example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. for instance, like, we'll, we'll take you, John, like, uh, I mean, you've taken this outlaw persona, you've ran with it, you've created yeah. your channel, you've kind of done a lot of your content based around this. And I think that's one of the things that people can also do is that they can find a personality aspect or a quirk, or they can find a theme of some sort and kind of base their opinions and the content that they want to do around that theme. Mm-hmm. And kind of that's that's where you find your voice. Uh, you know that you love westerns, and that's yeah. kind of been like a big a big piece of what's brought that outlaw character out yeah. is that side of it. And so you, you we see that now in a lot of the content that you do. It's it is that outlaw. It's that that renegade cowboy theme. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my point of what I want to create with the outlaw nation is is you know when you're coming up with a slogan, it's like raw, unfiltered, and authentic. That's what it is. And uh, that's what I want it to be. And eventually we'll get that logo up on the channel. It'll be, a, a, and then other people will have shows on the channel that are uh, controversial, that are honest, that are don't pull any punches. I think one of the things that drove me nuts about working at an outlet was when people came into the outlet, 
uh, to be the second in command. And they'd be like, we can't piss off the studios. We can't piss off the actors. We can't do this or that. They won't want to come on our shows. And I'm like, you're a 24-year-old kid. You're still caught up with this idea of pettiness. And that if someone criticizes you, well, I'm not going to go on their show. Studios need us. They need our outlets. They need the attention. That's why they court us with their publicists because yep. they want their stuff to be highlighted at the maximum amount of exposure. So once you understand that, then you understand you're on an even playing field with a studio. Once a studio respects what your channel does. And so at that point, you can be honest. I didn't like the movie. You don't have to be vitriolic. That's the difference. You can say, I didn't like the movie because of this, this, and this. If you purposely go out there to destroy a movie or slice of a movie because you have a mean bone in your body or a mean streak, that's something else completely. That should not be in the fandom, in my opinion, or in criticism at all. You should give your honest criticism, but don't be an asshole. And I, oh, sorry, I, yeah, I just don't, don't want to cuss. Don't be a, a, a butt face. You know, you're not going to get as much attention from the studios in that way. But studios respect honesty. And so that was the thing that I, that, that near the tail end, that was super frustrating uh, because a certain someone that came in was like, no, you have to change the content. Don't, don't get any bad reviews or they're not going to want us to, to interview their actors or don't say anything negative about these actors. They're not going to let us interview them or, or let us cover their films or do junkets. And I always thought that was the most ridiculous point of view. You got to be honest and real. Uh, and I think intrinsically people down deep respect that because they know where they stand with you. If you're honest uh, in your assessment of something. Right. And I mean, that just comes with the fact that of film criticism in general, you can't be afraid to actually, you know, criticize something. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you can't, obviously you're not, yeah. Like you were saying, you're not going to sit down with somebody coming into the studio and be like, well, welcome to the show, everybody, you know, so-and-so <laughs> here and your movie sucked. Yeah. Right. 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 I, said, I think when we did the, we did the trailer reaction for Aquaman, uh, I'm not a huge Aquaman fan. Yeah, the, am I. the movie, in my opinion, not liking the character of Aquaman. And I grew up like with comic books, so I know the characters. I know them very well. The movie was much better than it had any right to be. In my <laughs> opinion, just watching the trailer, I was like, I'm not an Aquaman fan. I'm not like this movie looks. It looks good for it being an Aquaman movie, but I'm just not looking forward to an Aquaman movie. Yeah. So I went to go see it, and again, I I agree. The movie was much. The movie was good. I'm just not a huge fan of it. But because I said stuff negative, like you go and you look at our likes and dislikes, that oh, thing yeah. has a huge amount of dislikes, mm -hmm. just because I said something bad. And while normally. Uh, I think for a lot of people, especially if you're just starting, that might shut you down like, oh, these people just don't like me in my opinion. I shouldn't be doing this. Now, me and my brother, however, we know going into this how YouTube works and that dislikes are just about as good for the algorithm yeah. as likes. Yeah. So you could dislike my opinion all you want. Tell people that. Don't, don't give it away. We'll give it away. <laughs> It, that being said, please like this video. Make sure you drop us a like on that. So, I still need my ego tapped with the thumbs up. <laughs> uh, speaking of tapping egos, uh, real quick, we got a $5 uh, <laughs> stream labs from Master uh, saying, my first time back in the theater, I'm going to Alamo, and I'm going to pull a Jake Yacoveta and buy a round of shots for everyone in the screening. Uh, AJ, which, which Alamo are you going to and at what day? Yeah, let them know so everybody can show up and get some shots. Yeah, I like mean, did in, uh, I'll, I'll was sit, it in Atlanta? Yeah. yeah, I'll sit five seats away from you, but I mean, I, I'm down. <laughs> 
Um, there's also uh, Jim Sandlin uh, dropped in the $5 super chat. I just found your channel when the outlaw mentioned it or to see your content. Hashtag Baba Booey. There you go. Boom. So, thank you, Mr. Outlaw, for mentioning our channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure, man. My pleasure. What else we got in the news before we get back on topic? <laughs> I wanted to highlight real quick that uh, that that Venom sequel that, that we just got a name for in the uh, delay for today. John, what do you think about the name of this movie? <laughs> Venom, give me the name venom let there be carnage is it let there be carnage or bring on the carnage or let there be carnage oh geez uh <laughs> this is tough you know because i did not like that venom movie although i enjoyed tom hardy in it yeah uh i did not like the venom movie and i was shocked out of my mind that it made like eight hundred fifty thousand. or sorry 850 million globally uh, uh so much so that they they made a sequel um, the positive is that uh, circus is behind this thing. You know, Michelle Williams came back, so hopefully there's more here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woody Harrelson playing Carnage, uh, hopefully not wearing that wig from the end of the movie, will be great. <laughs> Wrong. Um, so it, it's it's trying to be grandiose, which fits within the Venom character. So normally, I would say if this was a title for any other superhero movie, uh, I might have hesitations about the movie or the title itself, but. Venom is always trying to be bigger than he actually is. He's always trying to be more important than he actually is. If people remember uh, that the whole storyline with the symbiote coming from Secret Wars into uh, you know the world of Spider-Man with Eddie Brock and all of that, and then the different iterations uh, Venom has become, then Carnage coming on being a more vicious version of Venom. So th- the thing about those symbiotes is they... They have an overwhelming desire to be the most popular kid in the room. So Let There Be Carnage seems like a perfect title uh, for the film, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek and still in the vibe of the way Venom and Carnage are portrayed in the comic books. Yeah, but I'm going to have to agree with uh, AJ Lancaster here. It should have maximum carnage. I mean, that that should have just, like, it's plain as paper. I mean, maximum carnage just, ah. But then you might have like an Age of Ultron situation where you have the title from a comic book, but you don't get you don't get the exact storyline. Well, mm. here's the thing: it definitely looks like that they're that they're taking some from Maximum Carnage. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, this movie's also introducing uh, Carnage's girlfriend Shriek, right? Uh, which was that was the storyline that was a part of the Maximum Carnage storyline uh, was him building a family. So mm-hmm. I don't know if we're gonna get like any of the other family members like Carry On, Demo Goblin, or uh, the doppelganger, but uh, it definitely looks like it's pulling from that idea of that mm-hmm. storyline uh, for it. Uh, Brandon Buckingham just said he threw in a $3 uh, stream labs. Uh, by the way, Whataburger is overrated. Hashtag shots fired. Well, it's nice you, but Brandon, you can, uh, you can go ahead and hop off our channel now. Uh, yeah, it's great to have you here for the first time out on our channel. Um, <laughs> I'm going to use that $3 and go buy a Whataburger. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if I ever had Whataburger. So oh, interesting. Dude. Okay. The, the next time you come to Texas, if it, when the showdown does finally come back to Houston, you got yeah. Whataburger and Torchy's Tacos. Oh, yeah. Torchy's. I know that Christian went to Torchy's. Oh, yeah. So I should definitely make a, a beeline to that. But I, I did not know about Whataburger. I would have tried. I always like trying burgers in places. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, let's recommend the uh, sweet and spicy bacon burger. Welcome to the Whataburger channel. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so. Yeah, my first thought is I hear this title of this Venom movie, and I'm like, that's a title. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
But uh, you know, hey, you mean you bring up a good point. You know, Andy Serkis is behind this. Uh, I do expect some better things out of this than maybe what we got from the first one. So, you know, I'm will I'm always willing to let a title that feels questionable to me slide if the movie's really good. <laughs> but yeah, you, you earned the right to kind of do whatever you want with that. So, um, let's see. Spe- along the same lines, uh, we're talking about like Venom. Uh, there's uh, recently some talks and. This isn't surprising at all, but uh, recently here, uh, Dane DeHaan getting giving talks about, yeah. uh, you know, Sony was pushing for that Sinister Six storyline in their Spider-Man movies prior yeah. to Disney taking over and Tom Holland, you know, taking on the role and everything. Uh, that that's, I mean, that's kind of like one of the big, well, no duh, you know, we all saw it. I mean, we saw that, you know, happening and being set up in Amazing Spider-Man Two and all everything they were trying to do there. Uh, my question is with, say, you, you have a situation where you also hear Michael Mando, who played Matt Gargan in uh, Homecoming, mm. playing you know the character who becomes Scorpion in the comics. Uh, he's even dropping uh, kind of information and teasing that the character is not done yet. He's coming back still. Right. And so it's wondering, it, it, it brings back up the same talk as, as we've had multiple times. Uh, how, are, how are Sony and Marvel kind of kind of playing with each other and are we are we looking at maybe they're trying to push for a sinister six still from sony but you know are they going to try to tie that into the mcu or are we still looking at a situation where spider-man the third spider-man movie is it and everything's back to sony after that yeah it's a good question i i it's fascinating to think about them doing a sinister six movie without spider-man yeah um but then again who how could you do a venom without spider-man and it worked uh, we'll see how Morbius does. I think that's where they're going to go with their Sinister Six is through Morbius, uh, through Michael Keaton, Scorpion, through, uh, I'm sorry, Vulture rather, through uh, uh, you know uh, Carnage or Venom. That'll be, the, one of those two will be part of the Sinister Six situation. Uh, I don't see Scorpion, no offense to that actor, but you're not getting a solo movie, bro. Nobody knows you. And so it's like it's not like you're not going to get a solo movie like that especially for a minor character that isn't that really a big deal in the comics mm-hmm. they're not going to give you a and this isn't like a doctor strange or an iron man situation where it's not the most popular mainstream hero at the time before you make a movie about it this is a six string villain in the spider-man universe you know i could put uh, i'd almost put hydro man above uh above scorpion for for god's sake so you know that's the thing that i i find that's just an actor wanting to get a so and in all respect to him i would lobby as well to get a solo movie because that's a way higher paycheck uh but we'll see i think they're going to connect it to the mcu in the way that through through spider-man so there's already these rumors that venom will appear in some mcu movie down the road uh that could be possible it doesn't mean that venom has to interact with any of the uh marvel characters other than spider-man though there's no guarantee that he will be or it will be involved interacting with like captain marvel or anybody like that or nick fury it could just be interacting with spider-man tom holland in a scene in an mcu movie but does not necessarily mean that venom will be part of the larger overall mcu storyline that's I think how they're going to get away with having Venom in a in an MCU movie, uh, and as for Sinister Six, I think they're still going to recast. I don't think Dane DeHaan, DeHaan comes back as Goblin because that's a different Spider-Man. So you want to find a new uh, Goblin, a new whatever, and Oscorp is certainly a situation you have to establish if you're going to have a Sinister Six, in my opinion. Yeah, 
Um, real quick, I'm going to do a very highly professional thing, and I'm going to let uh, my brother here nerd out with you guys over the uh, comic book stuff. I need to uh, take a quick pause. I'll be right back. <laughs> so take him off real quick. All right. So we did get uh, a couple of more uh, this Streamlabs here. PC uh, donated $5 saying, Hello, Outlaw. Have you ever been to Austin? Uh, favorite spots uh, in Texas in general? No, I've only been to Texas once, I think, other than driving. Through, yeah, last year at Houston, to Houston the, the live event. Uh, other than driving through it in uh, 2000 on the way to California when I first moved out here, uh, that's the only experience I've had with Texas uh, that I can recall. Yeah. So no, I, and, and Houston was weird because I didn't have a car. So like I was subject to whatever was available there in terms of, uh, 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 Uber and stuff like that. So I didn't get to do too much. And the action army people took care of me, driving me at times from place to place, but I didn't uh, know too many uh, places to go. And to be honest with you, I was there to play. So I really didn't want to, uh, go out there and go explore places and whatever. I did the comedy show the night before, which was great. Which uh, you, did, you did fantastic at. Thank you, Robert. I thought that was a really great place to be. That was a fun place to hang out. And then then the way, place we went to eat afterwards, uh, after the matches uh, there in uh, in Houston was fun too. So uh, that was basically it for me. So at some point, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out down the road. Yeah, uh, I guess it didn't help that that area of Houston was actually almost technically Galveston. Oh, <laughs> well, like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, like if you went five minutes down the road, you were in Galveston. Oh, wow. Interesting. Highway right there. Uh, yeah. okay. So, and, oh, bring him back. There he is. You know, and now all shifted squares. You know, sometimes you think that uh, you're all set to go, ready before a stream, and then Ace Ventura Nature calls, and... <laughs> I've been doing it for four hours, Chris. I'm a camel over here. Come on, son. Come on. So, I uh, over the past, it feels like a month now, I've been dealing with the worst allergies, like, ever. Mm. So, I've been sitting here chugging water like crazy, because today is the first day in a while that I've actually been able to possibly start tasting food again. Wow. Just Keep because I have just completely taken away my taste buds. Did you get tested? Did you get tested, bro? Because that's like uh, part of the, the coronavirus I, thing. I, I, I know it's a part of it, but I never actually, I never got a fever. I haven't felt like actual sick. It's just okay. all congestion. Okay. Pure, uh, pure congestion up here. So, if, if you start trouble breathing in your chest, bro, you go get tested. That's yeah. the next step. All right. Yeah, I'm actually recovering from it. The The main problem was that like the allergy medication, I just got like just the basic allergy and I didn't know I needed like the decongestant. So oh, yeah, I just picked that up. So luckily I didn't know I needed the D from that. So yeah. luckily I got the D and now I'm oh. feeling much better. Sounds good. The Claritin D? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> I'm not going to acknowledge it any further. Do a little thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, also, Alex Shashek with the $2 Streamlab says, ideal grilled cheese, bread, types of cheese, and toppings. We talk about food on Call to Action, not on Cinefanatic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys part of the Call to Action crew? Is that why I mistook you guys for them uh, when I saw you guys? So, no. Uh, we, we have Call to Action t-shirts. We are big, huge fans and supporters of them. Uh, we are not officially part of the call to action. Ah. 
but okay, so by bringing that up, uh, there's a there's a story there that like no one knows about this. So I mean, we could touch upon this real quick. Uh, those of y'all that are fans of the Schmodown back uh, this past December for the uh, spectacular. Uh, after spectacular is over and after uh, Roca did that amazing entrance when we thought y'all you were like on your deathbed with bronchitis. I was, I was <laughs> uh, <laughs> only Christian get me out of bed. That, that guy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. After, after it was over, uh, we, we happened to be downstairs where everyone was uh, gathering. And um, unfortunately at the time, Roca did not know who we were. Officially, like I guess you heard of you've heard of Cinefanatics. You knew we did reactions, but you didn't know like face to name type yeah. of thing. Yeah, right. Uh, you just knew that we were people that did reactions, some kind of like after show, uh, mm -hmm. thinking that we were called to action. Which at that time, and this is a testament to you and your ability to play your outlaw character. Um, at that time, the outlaw was having issues with the call to action crew. Well, to be fair, they're the ones who had issues with me, and then I had issues with them back. So, yes, they, we were having issues. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. We, we can do another chill to action on that. <laughs> um, so when you saw us down there afterwards, yeah. uh, your first thought was that we were part of call to action. And before we said hi or anything, you just looked at us <laughs> directly. I was like, I'm not doing your effing show. <laughs> It was absolutely hysterical because both me and my brother were standing there like, what do we do? <laughs> call to action. Like we actually, we honestly, we knew exactly what you were referencing by right. that. It yeah. was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, we're not called to action. <laughs> hey, welcome to April and quarantine has made us all do crazy things. <laughs> For well, example, no, I mean, it was Rome has now done that effing show. Yeah, yeah, I have, and this show, for God's sakes. Uh, and you've uh, done our show, but yeah. you seem like really opposed to doing our show to begin with. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I that was a that was a weird night, a weird day overall, you know, because of the sickness and the medicine I had to take, and I was, I think, I was sweating profusely when I saw you guys from the fever, and I just just blurted that out because I was because I got to take the shots where I can find them, you know, like on stage after we won the titles, and I said to the call to action people. I'm going to do a 10 minute promo just to piss you guys off. Uh, that was at the time where they had done a review of one of my things and they were just they, uh, one of the uh, 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 singles matches that I had and they were criticizing my uh, going on and on and on about a promo uh, and what have you. So I took that, I took offense to that. And so purposely called them out in that way. But I mean, since, you know, we kind of, uh, uh, Christian helped to, uh, you know, mend the bridges. Uh, it's been great. Those guys have been fantastic. And I've had a great time on their shows on chill to action and on schmo baits, which I won regardless of what Bibiani will tell you or anyone, anyone else who was on Bibiani's side will tell you everyone objectively thinks I won that. So I'm going to let that be out there in the world. Um, and I enjoy, and Jake Acovetta and Paul Tanuzio, Billy Belford, they've all been great uh, in helping. Alex has been, it was very kind to bring me on Schmobates. Like everybody's been really, Kelsey Kirkland comes on mornings with the outlaw and comments on stuff. So it's uh, been very humbling to see how amazing uh, call to action has been with my content. Uh, it's not just cursory. Okay. We'll bury the, uh, bury the axe. We actually want to uh, be a part of the outlaw nation. So it's been very humbling and, and kind of them to do so. Yeah. Those are, those are great people over on that channel. We love giving them props as much as possible whenever we get the chance. Yeah. They've been, they've been doing some really great stuff over there. <laughs> um, 
kind of coming back over to some of these uh, headlines real quick. Mm. Um, got a couple more for for us here. Uh, one of the things I heard is kind of sticking with the. Uh, it's a very uh, comic book movie themed today. It, it seems, but uh, recently James Gunn was saying, having talks and saying stuff on uh, on Twitter about uh, there being in the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, someone's gonna kick the bucket. Yeah. So I love I love uh, speculating about things sometimes and kind of trying to think like from a narrative standpoint, who makes the most sense? Well, they've killed off Groot twice. Haven't they killed off Groot twice? I mean, he seems to be the next Kenny. He's the Kenny uh, of that universe at this point. He keeps dying uh, all the time. He died in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He dies in uh, the Avengers Infinity War. So it's like, uh, I, I don't. I, maybe he's the one. Maybe he's the one that goes again. I don't know. That would just be like James Gunn when it's kind of be trolling us, like <laughs> trying to make you think that someone else is going to gonna do it. Nah, it's just Groot again. <laughs> Groot's the fall guy here. Uh, I think that's a distinct possibility at this point, but uh, I was thinking more along the lines of someone like maybe Nebula. Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, I think Karen Gillan should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her role in uh, Endgame. She's incredible in the movie incredible in the movie um i think she's the reason to watch them more than downey jr or anybody else her journey has been so fascinating to watch over the last few uh movies so if she dies uh, i'll be really bummed not to have karen gillen part of the mcu anymore um yeah i don't know Honestly, i think it's part of a uh, part of the testament to how marvel's been handling their characters from uh the pages to the screen where mm. You know, like in the Infinity War storyline, Nebula has a pretty, pretty significant role. Yes, yes she does. When they uh, when they don't necessarily go that direction for the movies, still they still are able to give uh, Nebula the character a lot to do, and yep. enough that is actually very poignant for mm -hmm. for how they've written her for the screen. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But I mean, you look at kind of like her back her back history. She's been a villain. She's done all this stuff, and I know like from the a thematic and narrative standpoint, it's one of those situations where it's like, you're going to pay for the sins that you had before, right. even if she's kind of turned that new leaf and we feel like she's part of the part of the guardians family now. Yeah. Well, it could be Zoe Zeldana too. Remember they're shooting like five avatar movies in a row. So maybe she wants a little bit of a break of not being on two franchise movies uh, at the same time, and maybe they kind of met her quote, like, hey, I'm going to lose money not being in Marvel anymore. I'd like you to make up that money on Avatar. So that's certainly possible as well. Maybe she's pulling like the original Tin Man and she's allergic to the uh, to the green paint. And <laughs> blue. Yeah. Uh, also, real quick, while we've been talking, uh, we were talking about not being able to have the overlay at the bottom. So we were just doing right. the three of us. While we've been talking, uh, Jake Yacoveta yep. has uh, helped us out and has given us uh, something a little special. So, boom. Boom, Jake. He has. There's an overlay up there. It's so, so good. Feel free to donate or ask questions to streamlabs.com slash cinefanatics. And also go over to, I can't figure out what, yeah. There, you can use your finger. Uh, Patreon.com slash John Roca. Make sure you <laughs> hop on his Patreon right there. This is cutting off both me and Roca's hair, which, I mean. That's all right. Do the quarantine is probably okay. We do have like the best hair, at least on the screen right now. <laughs> I mean, mine's getting long. Yeah, I need to get it cut, but come on. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so kind of moving on, kind of like the last main subject before we really want to dive more into uh, you, John, and kind of mm. your history and everything that you've been doing. Uh, you saw it on the uh, the title of the video. Officially, this last week, Comic-Con finally was canceled. Finally, duh. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was coming. So yeah. one of my thoughts and kind of like the just general question I, I have about that is, do we think that there is a not a sinister but a, a a back reason as to why they waited so long to to officially make that announcement? Because we know like uh, other big other big uh, things like Star Wars Celebration is technically still on for now. That's ridiculous, yeah. Um, there might be some other stuff later in the year that isn't canceled yet too. But you know, you look at a situation where kind of Comic Con was like the last big event. Mm-hmm. You know not necessarily just the summer, but kind of like the big, one of the big movie events of the year for multimedia, for movie, for all of that. And it's finally, it's finally getting canceled. And it's kind of like, well, I think we're just calling 2020 a wash at this point in, in that case. But yeah. kind of that's, that's what I'm thinking. Is there a reason, is there an ulterior reason as to why they waited so long? Maybe. I don't, I think it's a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I want to say the word without it being negative, but a selfish reason, but not in a negative way. Like, they, I think so many people are involved in pulling off that uh, Comic-Con and there's so many hours are worked in preparation for that con that the con is probably ironically the easiest part of uh, that whole process. Like it's, I'm sure the buildup of booking all the rooms and making sure the schedule works and making sure all the people are in the right place at the right time. Everyone's supposed to be where they're supposed to be. Everybody's got the room booked out a certain time and then getting people in and out. Like, I think the whole prep for making this happen is probably more exhausting than the actual event. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on Comic Con. I know I talked to a friend of mine uh, who's uh, a friend down in San Diego. This is half of her year. Her income for the year is one uh, week of Comic Con because of how much she makes doing that. And so, you're like, wow, this is these are the kind of people that are gonna lose out on this. So I think the city of San Diego wanted to wait till the last possible minute, the organizers as well, so that they could see if maybe this thing crested or broke in time, then they wouldn't have to like you know, uh, uh, lose all that time prepping uh, the uh, the con, uh, you know, all the installations, all the things they were setting up at the studios, where they were going to put them. I'm sure there was so much time put in to try to get that thing right uh, that, uh, you know, I think they wanted to hold on to the last possible minute. And I think when the uproar grew on the internet and on, and on social media, I think they knew that even the fans who would have normally shown up would have been really upset if they had tried to stage it or not canceled it soon afterwards because uh, it was kind of seeming as if a self it was a selfish money grab rather than a, a desire to put this thing on to kind of get people to stop thinking about coronavirus or the COVID-19 stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of reflecting almost what happened here in Austin with uh, South by this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which South by uh, got canceled exactly one week before it was supposed to go. Yeah. Uh, now the difference was is that was that was the first. That was like the number one. <laughs> You're gonna do it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that hair in there. <laughs> That's the money maker. Uh, that that was at the very beginning of this entire outbreak, mm-hmm. the, the pandemic. It was the announcement that South by was going to be canceled was, I believe pretty much the mega like, Oh crap moment for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then therefore 
I mean, I know like here in Austin, we had heard a lot of news reports beforehand going, y'all need to cancel South by cancel South by, mm -hmm. in which case we still heard a lot of people going, oh, it's not that bad. Everything should be fine. We'll be okay. Now look at the state that we're in yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, canceling South by was easily the best idea ever. Yeah. Uh, we had like, that was still around here in Austin, the university of Texas that was still based around spring break. We had a lot of people who, a lot of students who went out for spring break. They came back and there was like, I think it was something like 40 something of them came back, yeah. all tested positive for COVID 19. <laughs> like all of y'all just went out to spring break. Even at that time, they're like, eh, y'all might want to start rethinking some plans here. And like, now nah, we're going to go out, have a good time, like those people in Florida. And that that's what happened. Yep. So I think that that definitely has a factor into uh, Comic-Con. Now, the thing is, is Comic-Con is quite possibly the largest mm -hmm. uh, event of the whole year. You've got mega studios that come in with their promotions and trailers and everything. And yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of livelihood that mm -hmm. resides on that. Uh, mm -hmm. If we look back last year, uh, what was it? Uh, Adam Lavick had yeah. to cover... Uh, the I guess the Marvel presentation wow. in Hall H, and then he had to haul butt all the way to the the Schmodown live event yeah. to go up against Smets that night. I mean, yeah, he he had to go do that still. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an interesting situation, and you bring up South by, and so that's what really uh, that's what really has me thinking. I mean, does do we see Comic Con possibly do something similar to what South by was doing with uh, Prime Video, where South by is turning around and kind of releasing some movies? On yeah. you know, is is Comic Con going to do panels or something to kind of have you know that kind of content out there outside of just the conference itself? There have already been plans for it. I know uh, a couple of outlets that I've heard are doing virtual cons where they're interviewing these people about their projects uh, remotely, um, and then maybe creating some kind of thing where you can. It feels like you are sitting in the audience watching the interview virtually on your computer, like the, they'll create the look of it, like you're inside of a hall or whatever. And I, I find that to be, uh, I just, uh, and maybe this is where my, my age kicks in. And I, I just find it to be a bit like, we're going to do it no matter what. And I don't care. And we're going to find a way. And I just think it's unnecessary. Uh, I, I said this on uh, mornings with the outlaw. It was the, the episode on uh, yesterday it was actually titled uh, is, or, or is, is the comic con cancellation a blessing in disguise? And I think it is. I think it's a good thing that we're all taking a breath. I mean, the, the thing had been too much. There was so much going on. It's so much to cover. People were freaking out at multiple outlets about how they were able to cover everything with reductions in staff that were happening because people weren't clicking at the same levels as they had before, but yet they had to cover all the content. So people were being overworked at these outlets. And then you have this, even the freelancers were, you know, were, were having trouble with the H5, whatever is going on here in California, that uh, a thing that was going on. And then you had so much and then so much anger going on between the fans and the critics and the, the vitriol was rising at such a high level that now that we've kind of been forced to take a break, I think it's been a good thing. I, I know some people are upset they can't go to Comic-Con or can't go, to, but I think this is a much needed breather. Everybody was getting way too 
out of control and every little thing was becoming the, a huge the blow up, the cancel culture, all this stuff. Like everything was happening that was just hitting an apex. Yeah. And I think we needed to take a collective breath. So in some way, and certainly it's not a, a good thing that people are dying from this virus. But if there is any kind of indirect sort of silver lining from this, it's that we all as a people across the world had to take a step back and like take a breath and maybe reevaluate our approach to things. And, you know, it's like when you type that tweet out and you go, uh, something distracts you. And then 20 minutes you go back. Oh man, I'm glad I didn't send that. Cause I don't feel that way anymore. And it's like right. in that, but in that moment, it felt like the most important thing you had to send and put out there on Twitter. And I think that's what's happening here. So to me, I understand why they tried to keep it on, but I'm glad they're canceling these things. I'm glad. It's good to take a break, a little bit of a break. We're not going to die. I don't, you know, I mean, people who catch it might die. I'm saying we aren't going to die. Those who don't catch it are missing a con or missing a movie premiere or waiting a few months for a movie. That's okay. We're not going to die. People are going nuts on Twitter, I think, about it, and it's driving me crazy as if, as if we've never had to wait for something or something has never been delayed before. It's like, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to be fine. It's just got to be taken you know, a little bit of time. It's okay to take a pause from your normal routine. It's okay to just sit back and just breathe for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. I've, I, you know, this is not something I've ever really considered myself, but I think that's actually a very excellent point because I mean, yeah, it is true. This thing has caused us all to kind of have to take a pause for a moment and kind of break out of our normal routines. Maybe, yeah. maybe even think about our fellow, fellow man and kind of what's best <laughs> for, for the fellow humanity. Right. Some people anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you're right. I think it, 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 there is a possibility that it is, it is definitely a blessing in disguise for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's going to be back next year. You know, yeah, hopefully, you know, obviously we're not dealing with this stuff again a year from now, but everything will resume like normal again here soon. Yeah. Soon. Um, so, you know, just take a step, pause, go, uh, go take a rest, take a nap do whatever <laughs> yeah i think you're right i think you're absolutely right though we better not be dealing with this for another year otherwise i'm going to start making my own movies like be kind rewind <laughs> <laughs> was the cardboard box ghostbusters i'm so down for that <laughs> well if we if we push too far or make people go back too quick we will have this for another year i think that's the danger of it all this 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 american impatience right it's it's okay for us to wait a little bit it's all right we're so used to have everything at our fingertips all the time when we want them that we can't actually adapt to a situation where we have to be told to wait a little bit and that's okay we'll see yeah i mean i've i've, I've said this before like i've i'm somebody who would love to get back to normal as, as soon mm -hmm. as i would learn but you know i'm i'm saying if we uh, if we go back to normal say next month and that causes us to have to be quarantined again for another six months down the road. Yeah. No, thank you. But no. if we stay quarantined for like another two months and then we're good from then on, no worries ever again. I'll take the, I'll take the two more months of being locked. Yeah. 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 Um, honestly, I think that's, that's about, that about covers everything that we've got as far as the news, you know, it's, that's one of the fun things that we we did when we started this show was uh, we started this on the week of hey there's some there's some cool stuff going on in all our favorite all our favorite movies you know James Bond Jurassic Park you know they're all doing stuff right now and then the next week hey we got nothing to talk about <laughs> yeah. so our, our plan was starting this live stream show right at the like the first Tuesday in March and we're like cool there's movie stuff we'll start talking about it it was the very next week our main topic was well South by got canceled. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> and, that, and it's just snowball from there. It's like, okay, every single week, there's barely been like any movie news. So we're like, cool. <laughs> this movie's getting pushed back. This one's getting pushed back. And it's it's been fun. Uh, right. it's, it's really testing like your ability to to be able to perform on camera in a live stream like immediately. Yeah. There's like no movie news. I think even there was like a couple of weeks back, we even made up like our own fake movie news. Like, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Josh Volta and Jake Gyllenhaal are going to be in a, a dual sequel to the boy in the plastic or was it plastic bubble boys or whatever was the movie I came up with. <laughs> uh, they're both reprising their roles of being boys in plastic bubbles. <laughs> yeah, I had like a whole like movie that takes place inside Arnold Schwarzenegger's house and he's having to defend whiskey and Lulu. Yeah. yeah that was, that was hilarious. Um, so we got, we got a couple other things we want to dive into, but uh, real quick, going back to the uh, the Streamlabs. Um, let's see, we got PC donated five dollars. Uh, I'm guessing that uh, they're talking about Roca here. Uh, you owe us a top ten show in Houston. I was so excited. <laughs> Had to settle for Atlanta instead. Would you do another LA top ten live show outlaw? Uh, I yeah, I think we we considered. Um, we're in this weird transition place in top ten. Like we've kind of, I we're kind of figuring out what we're gonna do next. You know what I'm saying? We had such a great year in 2018 where we're going to live events in Chicago and Houston and and London. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So Chicago, Houston, LA. That a uh, Chicago, London, LA. That it was. Uh, we thought we were kind of like, kind of getting that machine going. That machine. Then all the stuff started happening uh, at, uh, at uh, you know, switching over to Collider and then going off on our own. And it just kind of like, it kind of. Uh, we have to figure out where what we're gonna do next and where we're going next uh, as a show. So we definitely want to do more live shows. Doing it in LA. Uh, I personally want to start doing a residence show in that we do one show a, a, a month in LA. Like a, 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 we have a standing room uh, or standing invitation, standing room only invitation uh, at one of these places. And people know that it's an event you have to come to see. Come see the top 10 when you come to LA. They're so great. This is the dates. And so people who are coming through who are uh, fans of ours or whatever, they'll get to come to the show. And it, maybe it's a 50-person show, 100-person show, whatever, but it's fun to keep doing the live events and keeping us sharp in that way so maybe at some point we'll we'll figure that out but that's certainly an idea i've had and matt is interested in it we just have to find the time to put it together yeah um i know that you've uh, you've talked about before about doing some uh top 10 top 10 shows i think in texas before but oh yeah situations just uh just didn't uh, line up correctly for you in yeah. those times it was but, house of blues they screwed us over they wanted to charge our fans 16 dollar service fees for a $35 ticket. And so we were just like, that makes no sense to us. And we didn't want our fans to get price gouged out of coming to see us. Right. Uh, so it's something that Matt and I take very personally. Uh, even London didn't uh, try to price, price gouge us the way that House of Blues did. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's the right thing. Like, don't, don't let these people uh, mess with your fans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then real quick, uh, uh, Brandon Buckingham, uh, dropped another $3 stream lab. What camera do you guys use for your produced videos? Not the live streams. That image is very crisp. Um, like our reactions and our reviews and stuff. Yeah. Which is actually the same camera that we are using for the <laughs> line. Normally, uh, we're using Lumix, uh, Panasonic Lumix G85s, 
Uh, they're just uh, mirrorless three fourth cameras. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we use them for like our schmodown reactions, movie reviews, trailer reactions, and then we're also using them for the tagline when we have it normally set up through OBS. Yeah. Uh, so. do you- do you use any special camera, John? Or are you still just using like a webcam? Or- yeah, it's just a, it's just that uh, Logitech C920. But uh, I know I need to jump up uh, because. But Streamyard only does 720p. That's the one negative. Yeah. About yeah. Streamyard, you know, I don't mind that you can't really bring up full graphics unless you put them in the 1280 by 720 frame. That's fine with me because I just use a black uh, black background and put the picture on there mm-hmm. on Canva and save the image and bring that up. That's easy to do or videos are easy to do as long, as long as they're under a certain amount of megabytes. My problem is that I can't get a 1080p stream coming out of StreamYard, which I find to be insane in 2020 that yeah. this is a service that you pay for, but they can't give you 1080p. So the other option is that I, I will probably invest in a camera on the pan, I've heard good things about the, the Panasonic's, uh, the Lumix. I've also heard Sony's are good, except they overheat quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Canon, I saw a Canon that is really good. Uh, but it all depends on how much I want to spend. You know, they go anywhere from 400, 500 to like, you know, 2,000, 3,000. I've seen those Elgato ones and things that nature. So there's, there's so many uh, things that you can invest in if you want to. But yeah, I, I just use the C920 for now, for now. I, I mean, I, as, as far as that kind of stuff goes, I 100% recommend uh, the Panasonic Lumixes. Mm. Uh, it's one, they're probably the more affordable of of the high-end cameras out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also provide just great image. I mean, I on the side, I, I shoot weddings with a uh, with a professional company. So, you know, those are those are the cameras I'm used to shooting with them. So, yeah. And they, they produce fantastic video yeah uh, for people so those are those are always ones and like you said you know you can get like a g85 for 500 or so so it's, yeah they're yeah. pretty affordable as far as as far as those go are you using a lens or is it the regular lens that comes with the camera um i have so so for the our videos that we normally produce like the reactions and all that i do mm-hmm. use a uh, 25 millimeter it's not the uh, kit lens that comes with the camera it is gotcha. the one that i had to purchase but that one itself is you know again lumix is still pretty affordable as far as even lenses go that one yeah i think it runs like 150 so well, there you go or like most lenses which are you know upwards about the same cost as the camera itself <laughs> right on uh um, we have any other stream labs or super chats or anything uh no that's it for right now um, so I know one of the things we wanted to do specifically with this stream tonight, uh, while we've got you, Roka, here, is we kind of wanted to dive into like what was your history, what like h- how you got into this space because uh, you're already like say well ahead of like where we're at in terms of trying to build a, a brand and 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 create this content. So just wanting to know like kind of I guess like the origins of John Roka. <laughs> Um, I believe it was like you came from Philadelphia. That's where I was born. I was born in Philly. Yeah, uh, I was only there for like a year, and then we moved uh, to Virginia slash DC, and that's where I really call home is uh, Virginia DC. Even though I still feel like a city boy, uh, I did grow up in uh, in the kind of a suburban uh, area. I initially lived in a small uh, area in a, a place called Coolmore, which is near like uh, Fairfax, Arlington kind of area there in Virginia. Um, uh, and then we moved out to the suburbs to a predominantly all white, uh, Southern city, 
called Dale City that is uh, subsequently changed over now. Uh, but at the time, it was pretty much uh, mostly we were one of like four families that were Latino in the county. So it was just an interesting experience to all of a sudden have a culture shock uh, from there. But yeah, uh, I mostly grew up in Virginia. So like, how did you go from like there into, how did you get into the movie space? Well, uh, and I know there was a stint in the military there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was always a fan of movies, uh, even as a kid, like those were my escape, you know, cause my parents who are both immigrants from South America, from Bolivia, uh, they both, um, uh, had suffered racism at times when trying to speak English with their accent. I remember this is the sixties, uh, and early seventies things like that. So my parents felt that, uh, they wanted me to grow up without speaking English without an accent. And so they sat me in front of the television to watch TV shows so I could learn to speak English uh, watching those shows. So for me, watching the shows and then the movies that would come on, all of that at a very early age to me just like was everything to me. I didn't care about candy or uh, video games or any of that stuff or whatever the games were. To me, it was about television. So I would spend hours watching television and and what have you. And my, both my parents were working. Uh, so we had a babysitter who was there. So that's where my movies uh, love of movies really developed uh, from then on. And I would go to see movies by myself when I was like 14, 15 years old, just to go see them in the theater. So I was always addicted to movies. Um, and then I thought, you know, I wanted to be an actor, uh, but I didn't have the guts to do it uh, coming out of high school. Uh, I tried to go to college for a couple of years for international politics and just didn't really take uh uh, and instead, I started acting in small movies for the film school and started doing a couple of plays on the side without my parents knowing. Um, and then eventually I dropped out of school to go into the military because I was unhappy doing that because I couldn't couldn't make up my mind. I didn't have the guts at the time to really make up my mind because my parents were like, you can't be an actor. You're going to lose all money. You're not going to be you're not going to make it. Why don't you be a lawyer? Be a doctor. For God's sakes, you're the first generation. You got to represent the you're the firstborn Latino of the family. You got it. Blah, blah, blah. So it was all of that pressure. And eventually I just broke and joined the military. Uh, and I didn't tell them uh, until like uh, five days before I was supposed to ship out uh, for basic training. Uh, because I, I knew they would talk me out of it. I knew they'd find a way to m not make it happen. So I purposely went. It was a big source of division in my family, but it also was something I needed to do for myself because I needed some discipline. Mm -hmm. And from there, being in there is when I started to kind of grow up and go through my 20s and do the experiences and, and things like that. And then I kind of had the strength to kind of come back out and start studying. Um, I started studying while I was in at community colleges, trying to get my AA degree so that I could go back to college and study acting. And that's how I ended up at Florida State uh, in 97. And then uh, was there for three years, uh, studied in London for six months. Uh, met Christian Harloff there at uh, Florida State. Uh, met a bunch of my friends who are still friends uh, nowadays. Um, so all of us uh, are still together. And then I moved out here in 2000, did acting for about 15 years um, and tried all kinds of things on camera, voiceover, all of that. But I, could, I was never happy on set. I just never was happy doing it because there's so much of hurry up and wait and so much of like having to act at the moment that you come up on the screen. And so for me, I just, I just saw through the fallacy of it and it just wasn't my cup of tea. And this is no judgment for other people like doing it. It just, for me, didn't work. So Christian in 2015, I think it was, he said to me, he's like, uh, I was uh, getting over a breakup, a terrible relationship I was in. And he said, listen, I don't like seeing you mope around. Why don't you come and be a guest on, on the star Wars show with me and Tiffany Smith? 
And that's how it really started. Uh, getting on far, uh, was it far, far away? Yeah, far, far away of Geek Nation. Uh, Christian brought me on as a guest every once in a while. And uh, I really enjoyed doing it. And then one day he came to me and said, hey, I'm stepping away from the show. Do you want to co-host the show with Tiffany? Um, and uh, from there, uh, I stepped into that. And Tiffany was really great. She split her, what they were paying her. She paid me. Um, uh, they're paying her 125 a show and she was paying me 50 bucks, uh, to kind of, you know, build the show and do the, um, rundown. So she was teaching me the ropes of hosting a show, teaching me the ropes of doing all these kinds of things. And so that's how I learned to do, uh, all of that through her. And so she was great, uh, at that. And, uh, it really taught me. And from there I grew in confidence and started pitching shows to the people over there at Geek Nation. They approved one show, we started doing that. And then I started guesting on other shows. And then I auditioned for Collider to host their recap shows. And that's how everything started happening. In the meantime, Christian Harloff, uh, Christian and uh, Mark Ellis put me and Matt together for top 10. My friend, Steve Morris reached out to me, who's a director. He's like, I really wanna do this show with you, Cinephiles. Will you be on the show? I go, I'll be a, a co-host. I won't be the host because I'm doing too much already. So, you know, I put my time in and I, I did a bunch of shows and I drove up and down the, the road being on every show I could while I was trying to work a job. And I did a lot of stuff for free in the first couple of years because I knew I had to catch up to where everybody else was at. Mm -hmm. So the quickest way for me to do that was to be on as many shows as possible so I could put my hours in of getting to be better and sharper and f and uh, uh, more on point in my analysis and in my reactions to things. So that's where my my uh, focus was for a number of years. And Christian tried to talk me out of it. He was in Ellis too. Ellis like, you should just do one show. People will know you for that one show. But that's never been my instinct. And so um, I just did a bunch of shows. And in that way, a bunch of people got to know me. And then from there, eventually I got on to Collider full-time thanks to Christian Harlow. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely seem like you've got like the hustle game like down <laughs> art form. Uh, even e even since Collider this past December, mm. like just watching your channel like start and like we're you, we're seeing you like on like everyone's stream and like the hustle game is just amazing. Again, this is like what the third stream you've been on today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> greatly admire the the amount of work, the hustle that you put in. It, it it's it's amazing to watch, uh, just how like fruitful that is. That that's a living testament to that kind of a work ethic. Mm -hmm. What it what it can deliver, what it can provide. Um, and I I said this when we were typing up, uh, the description for tonight's show, mm -hmm. uh, like that it's something to admire. It's, it's inspirational that you're able to do this and hear someone like us where we're still trying to start off this channel uh, might not be hustling as much as we probably <laughs> need to be. Um, so it, it, it's definitely great to see that. And it, again, very inspirational to us, to anyone who is able to see that, yeah, you've got that fire under you to get that work done. Mm-hmm. I, look, I'm I'm driven to succeed. I'm driven somehow. I don't have the advantages like, you know, like Dan is at 20,000 subscribers already for his YouTube channel and he dropped it three days ago. Uh, he's coming out of Screen Junkies with, you know, 75,000 Twitter followers and Screen Junkies had all those followers. So they've got, he's got an advantage. If I had, if, if my situation at Collider and Riley's eye situation at Collider had been different, if they had like 
you know, kind of, you know, we announced it. It was all in conjunction together. And we started out, I think we started out in a stronger position uh, than uh, than we did. So we've had to fight. Roxy, too. We've mm -hmm. had to fight to kind of get people to come on board and take a chance on our content and enjoy our work. So, And we've all gone about it in three different ways, right? Roxy has... Uh, uh, Roxy has her show on her channel and then she does other shows on other channels. Uh, and then Riley has like three or four shows and that's it. And I'm trying to build an entire outlet. Like this is my ambition is to create, make the outlaw nation an outlet, which it will be hiring other people and starting a website soon that I'll edit and that people will post articles on about the news, about, uh, you know, uh, columns, uh, uh, you know, criticizing things or analyzing things, things that all of that, will be part of what I'm uh, eventually going to build out because, uh, you know, the, they did me dirty and uh, I got something to prove. And so I'm happy to prove it uh, to whoever thinks they doubt me. Uh, you'll see. That's all I say is you'll see because uh, nobody works harder than I do uh, and nobody wants to make it more than I do. So, yeah, sometimes that little, that little chip on the shoulder is what really, uh, is what really helps you to kind of, Honestly, stick it, stick it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Peter Serretta at Slash Film, I remember having a discussion with him four years ago when the Schmoes sent me to cover something at uh, Pixar, which is great. Mm -hmm. And Peter and I were sitting in the hotel, in the uh, in the uh, airplane, airport uh, waiting area. Mm -hmm. And he, I said, I asked his story, like, how did you create such a He goes, well, I got screwed over by an outlet I was at. And so I started Slash Film because fuck them. I'm sorry, because screw them. And I'm sorry, guys. And so uh, he built the, he built Slash Film from that place, uh, his desire to create something and put it together and his drive to make it happen, you know? And so I've always taken a little bit of a lesson from that story in my head that it's possible. Um, and so at some point, uh, Peter and I, which we touched base on a couple weeks ago, we're going to have lunch and I'm be like, all right, tell me everything I need to do next. And then that's going to be uh, how I go about uh, creating it. So. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's, I think you you are a good example of somebody who takes something that they know that they loved when they were a child, really enjoyed and knows, uh, maybe not necessarily just knows, but knows at least how to uh, fight and work towards making, you know, what you loved then what you still love to do now. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think it's a big, it's a big key for a lot of people is, know know what makes you tick know what makes you excited what gets you going and then follow that as your passion try to find a way to make a career out of that in some yeah. capacity do it because you love it and i think you're a you're an excellent example of that i mean especially uh facing the the for lack of a better word i guess the hardships of you know having to kind of be forced out of a situation without having to make the decision to do it on your own yeah 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 I mean, uh, yeah, we bring up Dan, like you, you just interviewed Dan on, on your channel. So uh, bring that up real quick. Uh, if you guys have not checked out that interview he did with Dan earlier this evening, <laughs> definitely go check that out. That was a fantastic interview. Got, to, got to catch that before we uh, got ready here. Yeah, he was great. Good God. I, and more people watch that than any show I've done live. So I just looked at the numbers while uh, you were taking a break real quick and I took it. I was like, this is great. You know, it's so, so I, I really am thankful that Dan came on the show. Funny you say that because we've had more people watching this episode. <laughs> than 
in more time than we've had in the previous uh, tagline episode. So it's kind of rolling down here. Pay it forward. You always got to pay it forward, man. I appreciate that. That's very cool. Um, so given like where you're at in the entertainment industry, uh, like we've seen that you've done like a couple of like the odd in TV shows, guest appearances. Um, I think you were on young and the restless at one point. (laughs) Yes. I played a, yeah. Yeah. I played a security guy at the hotel. Somebody did a dive, didn't they? (laughs) Uh, and then of course we all know you from like the commercials like the el pollo loco commercial (laughs) i mean that will never never get like dull or boring uh and then one of the ones that i i personally really liked uh i guess we found out it was on chilla action that you did the uh voiceover for the uh minute made uh boost oh yeah (laughs) the campaign yeah yeah uh what was it the oops looks like someone forgot to boost yeah uh, are you able to do that voice? <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in there. Throw it in there. Let me see if I can. Hold on. Uh-huh. Oops! Someone forgot to boost. That's basically <laughs> uh, what it was, and then they augmented it in, in a certain way. You know, people came up to me all the time. My friends were like, "There's no way that's you," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." They just made some adjustments with the audio. Um, that day was the worst, though, guys. I mean, oh, three and a half hours of saying that line over and over over again it shattered my confidence because that was my first job as a voiceover artist and i was so excited because it was international it was a national campaign rather so i was gonna get paid so much and i was just oh this is great for for like i thought i was gonna be in the booth for an hour i'm like i can just say a line it's not a problem and i was in that booth for three and a half hours with like 10 people outside of the booth with all their macbooks flipped open like this and then they mute you so they could have conversation you don't know if they're saying we picked the wrong guy this is a mistake what a mistake uh, and when I left that session, I was uh, just destroyed. Uh, and I uh, called my agent. I said, you can stop representing. And my agent at William Morris, by the way, I said, I called my agent William Morris. And I said, I can't do this anymore. Uh, clearly, I'm terrible at it. They had me say one line nine million times over three and a half hours. I clearly couldn't get it right. And uh, by the time I showed up, they had apparently called my agent. And my agent was like, they apologized profusely for putting you through that. They loved what you did. The problem was that they have a boss who will try to counter whatever they present him with. Um, and so they have to think ahead and think about every possible way their boss would want to hear it so that they don't have to bring you back in for another session and pay for that and get in trouble with him. So they wanted you to record it as many times and in as many ways as possible. Uh, and that's why they put you through it. So it was a, it was a, it was a hard lesson but it was a good lesson uh, because I didn't understand that that's how it could be. You know, I thought you just, you just say it and you nailed it and you walk out the door. No, there's more to it. So uh, it was a tough lesson, but I, I love those commercials. They're very funny commercials. So I was proud to have my voice be a part of that campaign. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. Cause I went back cause you, you, you mentioned that. And then I, I went back myself and uh, watched it. Uh, you mentioned it on chill action. I went back and watched it and I was like, that is John Rocco. What? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was such an iconic line, iconic commercial, like just because it's just a, a, such an out there phrase. Yeah. It's just, I absolutely loved it. So yeah, that was interesting. Uh, the one thing that I that I would say most of all that I admire, and it, it makes sense because this is basically how we found you, how we know of you, mm. was from the movie trivia Schmodown. Yeah, um, that you were one of like again the founding fathers of ah. 
competing on this. And I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild guess that like Christian was like, Hey, we decided we're going to try to put together this movie trivia show. Would you like to come on and be a part of this? Yeah. Situation is what I'm going to guess is how that started. As I recall, he didn't even finish the sentence. And I said, yes, (laughs) Yeah, if I recall correctly, he was just like, we're putting this together. I think we're going to make it bigger. Do you want to be part of this? It's a movie trivia. Yes. It's basically, basically that. Uh, And he said, okay, um, if you're going to be a part of it, here's the deal. I need a uh, heel. And so I need you to be the guy who guides people and shows people what kind of league this is going to be. I want a marriage of WWE and movie trivia. So this is my idea for it. Because, I mean, before, the first season of Smowdown, it's all them friends. of It's all the Schmoes just kind of like competing against each other, you know, doing – putting on funny costumes and, and, and doing their thing. And it was great. It's great to watch. It's, it's still fun to watch season one. Um, and then season two is when it started to change a little bit. And I think Christian got a glimpse of what it could be. And then that's when he was just like, okay, this is what I want to do. And, and we, I'm going to say this correctly. Like he came up with the idea of wanting a heel. And uh, I told him how much I enjoy. He said something like a black hat. Like he said that like a, a villain of the Cowboys, the Western stuff. Cause he knew I loved, I loved Westerns. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, I've got the perfect thing. And then I came up with the idea of the outlaw of it being the outlaw. And then I went into my closet and pulled out the V for Vendetta mask and pulled out the hat and had the NWO shirt and took a picture uh, and I think it's still up on social media somewhere. After our conversation, I put it up and I just said, coming soon, the outlaw. And so that was how that all came to be. Uh, but what a ride it's been. My God, what a ride it's been. And uh, one of, you're probably one of the best characters that has been like, I guess, fully fleshed out on there. Mm. Um, and I guess part of it is because of the passion. You're also one of the most passionate players <laughs> in the entire game. Uh, I mean, we see that like when you win a match, uh, your match against Dan, I mean, that's, that's an iconic reaction that you have Mm. in that particular match. Um, we also see like, like, like how much it, it, you, how much you show when you lose a match too. Um, and uh, various other things schmodown related. Um, like we know the, the draft, for example, (laughs) That, yeah, there's stuff that, that you take very seriously. You're very competitive in it, and it's great. It's refreshing to see that you're able to to show that passion, to to be that kind of a person. Uh, and I think that's what really helps people connect to the Schmodown on a personal level. Not that you have, again, one of the, the best characters in The Outlaw, mm-hmm. but also the fact that Outlaw aside, John Roca still takes this very personally, very passionately. And I think it's one of, one of the things that made us like, like you're one of our favorite competitors in the Schmodown for that reason. Oh, thanks man. That's very kind of you, honestly, uh, from you guys. Uh, I, I love doing it. Um, and it's also why I take the, uh, age jokes, man, because a, I look younger than everybody making the age jokes and B I've got more energy than everybody making the age jokes. So they can come with that crap all they want. 
is not going to, it matters little to me because I know what I'm doing with the energy I've got. I've got, I know the energizer bunny that's inside of my body and it is the bunny. It's the, it's the energy of a 25 year old, a 30 year old. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm driving all the time inside to complete things and, and accomplish things. So, uh, the, the outlaw, the persona is an extension of me to the 11th a level 11 or volume 11 uh, in the Schmodown. The, you know, he is the confident, uber confident, uh, occasionally thinking there's a conspiracy against him, angry guy when he doesn't get uh, the thing that he really wants. Uh, so it's all an extension, you know, a, a, an overdone extension of who I am uh, as a person, you know, so that's why it works. I think all the best wrestling characters are always uh, the people that are an extension or characters, an extension of the person creating them. You know, uh, Terry Bollea is absolutely Hulk Hogan at times. Randy Savage was Randy Savage. At Randy Poffa was Randy Savage at times in his life, you know? So those are the great ones, the extensions, the rock, you've seen the rock be the rock in movies uh, uh, himself. So it's always an extension of who you are as a person. I mean, listen to Steve Austin's uh, podcast. He's essentially Steve Austin on the podcast. So it's just, you know, uh, like I said, it's just a, a version of yourself that you put into the game. So my passion is a version is a version of me. I have that passion always, all the time. I am driven all the time by my passion. Um, and I don't know any other way to be, to be honest with you. And I'm not all emotion running around, just, you know, uh, going crazy on people. Uh, it's more like when the situation calls for it, I always have that reservoir to draw upon uh, when I need to, you know? Yeah. It's that you can't do anything 50%. It's either a hundred percent or you're doing, you're moving on to the thing that you can do at a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's, that's huge. I think honestly that that match with you and Merle might've been, I don't know if, I don't know for him, I can't remember, but I know, I think that's the match that he actually introduced me to when, Oh, uh, he introduced me to the the Shmodown. and I think that's partly because you know I had already seen like honest trailers and everything over at Screen Junkies, so I was familiar with you know to a degree who Dan Merle was before. Right. So it's one of those like easier way into something, but at the same time, like that's how I knew like later on when I heard the name John Roca, I was like, I've heard that name, I know that name somewhere. <laughs> and I think that that is that is a huge testament to just how you've how you've done both you know your career in talking about movies and how you've operated on the schmodown it's john roca i know that name mm -hmm. that name you've seen that name here, here 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 you've seen that name everywhere yeah because he's he's out here he's he's making himself an expert on this stuff i'm trying to i'm trying to and people have come aboard uh thank god at the levels that they have and hopefully more will be coming aboard as i create more and more things on the on the channel and on the patreon as well and start to create more and more patreon only shows that'll be part of it as well because my shows have, I have so many different shows because I have so many different interests, you know, sports, professional wrestling, movies, uh, TV shows, uh, uh, all of that is going to be represented. Tech, tech is coming soon. I have a friend, I have two friends who are just mad into tech stuff and always get the newest stuff first. So I'm trying to motivate them to create a show so I can put it on the outlaw nation and eventually show on music will be part of the outlaw nation as well. So it's just like, it's everything. I want everything to be covered, all the bases to be covered. Yeah. That's so cool. You're hitting all the corners there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm already like just super in awe of like all the stuff that you've already been doing on the channel. I mean, I know you got, you got a wrestling show, you've got a sports show, you've got, you know, you got your mornings, you've got, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember everything <laughs> off the top of my head. You've got another Star Wars show coming back. Got the yeah, Star Wars show. show. Yeah. And plus Geek Buddies. 
and then cinephiles and top 10 outside of the outlaw nation. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's always happening. And, uh, I, I don't know. I'm crazy. I just, I'd like to work. It's I'm built a blue collar boy. I like to work, you know? So, and I think I just, honestly, I think that you are positioning yourself to be, uh, as an example for others to look to, as we've talked about earlier, where it's, you know, put put your hat in all these different in all these different buckets or um, well that's an actual analogy or <laughs> you know dip yeah, your rings. Cool. you mean rings put your hat in number of rings is that what you mean there it is uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not much wrestling fans i would say <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you guys i mean is is me is are movies the only things you guys are like super passionate about or are there other things in your lives that you guys kind of talk about amongst each other for the most part, I mean, I know as as far as like YouTube stuff goes, uh, we've been we've been rocking this channel for a little while. So movies are definitely like the easiest. Like, I'll, I'll give an example real quick. Uh, whenever we sat down and had like family dinners, uh, our mom would always count in her head how long it took before the two of us and our father started talking about movies. <laughs> That's great. So I mean, it's it was always a situation where movies was kind of like the first thing that we were just mm -hmm. super passionate about. I know. Uh, I've been into, I've been into doing like videos production type stuff for a while. I've been cool. wanting to do stuff on my own channel, just like regular everyday vlogs. Mm -hmm. I know the direction, like I want to go, I want to be able to help other people succeed on this platform and do stuff as well. Yeah. No matter what it is, I want people to be able to tell their stories and share their stories and however they see fit. Uh, I saw both my passion for movies and us doing this channel as kind of the foothold to getting to that place where I can earn the cred to be able to help people and then respect the help that they're, that they could receive. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff I want to do on my own channel. I'm going to, I'm racking my brain right now trying to think of new content and stuff I want to do on my own outside of our Cinefanatics channel. But I know I've even inspired this, this will appear to do some stuff sometimes too. So I, I am the older brother. Um, and, not every time. Yeah, I've spent most of my life having like really no clue what to do. I got out of high school. I also joined the military, and oh. like, at, like I, I had I had no direction at all, like where to go. What the only thing I was really I really liked was movies, but otherwise I had like no talents. I can't sing, can't play an instrument, can't do anything else. I just I had no idea what to do. Um, and then he got interested in creating his own video production company and then started talking about YouTube. I was like, well, I could probably do something movie related. I know there's a lot of movie related YouTube channels, but yeah. at this point we've already started becoming fans of screen junkies and cinema sins and how it should have ended. Um, and then uh, I think it, even at this time is when we started finding the Schmodown. Mm. And so we decided like he was doing his own, his own channel. I decided to create my own like uh, movie review channel, um, which uh, hit or miss or whatever, mostly <laughs> this. And then we decided to combine it to just since both of us like movies and he's getting into the video production. Why don't we combine it? Try to share like some of these ideas, yeah. like, because of him, I've learned so much about cameras, video editing. He's, He's primarily doing his his own video production company. I'm the one that does primarily a lot of the editing for Cinefanatics and stuff. Yeah, that's so, good. And I, I've on my own from there. I've 
moved on to trying to do like more graphics and stuff. Um, like, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do an overlay like Jake Alcavetta was for us. <laughs> um, but like the background here, I created that. Um, I've branched out to not only like I do our thumbnails for our channel. I've also uh, done thumbnails. I've done some thumbnails for video drew. I did uh, mm -hmm. the main thumbnail that uh, that Koi Jandro uses on his his live streams right. with him in the Spider-Man jacket. I did that thumbnail for him. So I'm, I'm trying to expand and start doing more creative stuff in this space as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. And that's how, that's how it works. I mean, you're lucky to have uh, editing experience, to be honest with you. That's one of the things that tripped me up in January big time was that I would shoot a video and then I would spend four days editing it because I don't know how to edit. So sitting there and like, trying to make, not make it look like a cable access show was one of the most difficult things on the planet. Uh, so, and that's where Dan has an advantage too, because Dan's an editor. Dan was first an editor before he was ever a pundit. So when he came out with his first 10 minute video the other day, I was like, Oh my God, that looks so polished. It's so perfect. Like I came out with a live stream with my, like my, my white wall behind my cream wall behind me. Uh, and you could barely see me. So, uh, I was like, man, what, what's it? that's how you come out the gate, you know? So, uh, I've, I've been trying to make up for that ever since. So uh, as an editor, that's the next step for me is to force myself to shoot two videos a week and edit them and put them up. Um, I was talking to Greg Albert, real rejects. And he said to me, he's like, He's like, don't switch off the live streams because you're actually having really good exposure with the live streams. People are tuning into your stuff and commenting. That's a positive. You've got, you're following a little bit of the John Campia model in the way that he did it. Um, so I would say to you, just try two videos a week. Uh, or if one, if one's uh, more than enough, then try one video a week and put up a produced video, you know, or uh, two videos and see how they do and see if people like it see how you feel making it as well so that's the next step of it is is doing that so the fact that you guys already have you know, editing built into the situation is a positive yeah what do you what are you using for editing do you know yeah it's, uh, that's a freaking iMovie that's what i've been using for editing we have the adobe photoshop but i'll tell you guys it's overwhelming. I mean, it's overwhelming to sit down with a tutorial and they start going on to the words and you're just like, I have no idea what they just said. I have absolutely no clue what they just said. So at some point though, I am going to have to like force myself to sit down for like four days in a row or five days in a row and just go through all the tutorials and just get better and better at it so that I can get quicker and quicker with my editing. Um, because I, I was a director in college. I directed plays. I directed uh, small movies. So I know what I want something to look like. And so in that way, my graphics reflect. I've had conversations with Yakavetta, with Brian Ward about my graphics for all my channel because I know what I want it to look like. All those videos before the channel, the intro videos I do before my shows, that was my idea. And I went to uh, Brian, I said, I want to do something like this. I know other channels have it. Other outlets have this before their shows. I want you to build one specifically for each of my shows. And so Brian was more than happy to do it. And I love everything he's created and come up with. And I think it makes my shows look like it's an outlet, look like professional. So I appreciate that uh, uh, madly. So I know what I want. It's just, I've got to learn how to do it, you know? Yeah. As far as editing goes, I know like I started off, uh, I think both of us started off really with iMovie as well, mm. figured out exactly how, how you put together a fully edited video out of, out of that yeah and then uh we bumped up to uh final cut doing mm -hmm. everything on the apple products we bumped up to final cut and then it was like hey so now with this this better 
editor, I want to be able to do this, kind of like what you were saying. You, yeah. you want to see, you know what you want it to do. Right. How do I do it? Quickly go over to YouTube, uh, Final Cut Pro X. How do I da 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 da? You'll find a quick video, shows you real quick what to do. And for most part, you just click, go, and like, okay, now I know how to do that. That has been the biggest thing that has helped with all of this. Yeah. Is you could just simply just drop on the YouTube, know what you want, what you're looking for, find the video. It shows you, you move on. Yeah. Yeah. See, because I'm an alpha male, I'm driven to do it myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I'm very on, I'm very humbled that people like Jake and, and Brian want to help me build this stuff and, and put stuff up for me, uh, you know, because it takes the, the pressure off. But eventually I want to be able to do it myself so that I don't feel like I'm imposing on people who are helping me out of the kindness of their heart. You know. Yeah. And I was actually remarking uh, to him about that stuff before we actually uh, were getting ready for the stream and everything that uh, Brian does all your uh, your intro animations for your for your mm. uh, your your titles and everything. And I was like, that's that's good stuff. That is. I mean, that's, that's great to have right out of the gate, you know, jumping into your own channel because that's, that's, that is professional looking stuff. And yeah. it's, it, it really, you know, people don't notice, but it just, it adds to, it definitely adds to it. And Brian, Brian is kills, kills it with everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like Bespin, right? I had to lose Bespin to become the outlaw. I had to put that first week of streams up to motivate me to create a better product and better looking overall product. Uh, and hopefully eventually down the road with my channel, I win four titles as well. We'll see. I mean, that was, that's kind of how I'm built. I, I learn by mistakes, but I learn quickly and I, and I create uh, uh, better stuff as I keep going. Just that, as Espen, isn't that where cloud city is? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> which is uttered once in the movie once <laughs> which uh uh that's and that's he actually brings it, that's that's something i actually uh you know we we brought it up earlier but you know the the fourth round stuff or the age <laughs> jokes or all that that's one of the things i actually really really love about the way you've handled that stuff before is that you've not only do you you take it and then you spin it around and just roll with it and it's it provides it provides so much entertainment just seeing you oh roll back with it. <laughs> the, the Houston live event where uh, Corey was having to write something on the board and he scribbled it and you looked at it and you're like, yeah, it looks like Jane Fonda. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. That was so great. Yeah, I mean, you got to make light of these things. That's what I've learned, you know, because when I first, my first year or two, I was a little bit defensive about stuff because I was taking crap from not just the fans, but the competitors too. when I was doing the heel stuff. So I was a little oversensitive about some of that stuff, but as I've become more comfortable and relaxed and people understand my legacy in the game, it's been able to let me be playful about everything and roll with it. And you know, the thing is you don't know how you come across on to people sometimes. And I've, I had so many compliments after I started hosting SCN live on Mondays, people were like, I had no idea Roka could be so relaxed and funny and make a jokes and, you know, be irreverent or, you know, be off blue work blue, so to speak. He's like, I've never seen this side of Roka. And I was like, God, this has always been me. I guess just see me in the schmodown. You have just one perception of who I am. Yeah. Uh, and you have no exposure to anything else. So hopefully the channel is kind of changing people's ideas about that as well. So, you know, we'll see. And that's 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 what, what you get now. I mean, between SCN and Christian being able to move it out on his own out from underneath Collider also. Yeah. And then uh, you being able to just do stuff on your own, you really do get that that full perspective now, mm. uh, which which is why, you know, 
if we touched back to that question earlier that Brandon had and, you know, what do I do when I'm wanting to create my own stuff? You just, you just do it. And then that's, that stuff will come, will come to you. Mm-hmm. Again, one of the best piece of advice I saw on a YouTube video uh, uh, in February when I was really, I mean, my, I was, January was a tough month, guys. It was very tough. I was super depressed. Uh, the suicidal feelings came back. Mental health stuff was there. I just really struggling with what I'm going to do next. You know, will people care about me? Cause I don't have a C tattooed to my back. Will people care about what I have to say? And it was really hard. And it was my girlfriend who was just like, snap out of it enough. You've wanted to create your own stuff. Go create your own stuff. Stop doubting yourself. Stop uh, thinking that you, you're going to fail because guess what? You are. You're going to mess up. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. But I know you and you always get back up and you always figure it out. So stop being afraid that every little thing you do has to be Citizen Kane. It doesn't. You just have to learn by doing it. And then I watched this YouTube video they put out of you know best pieces of advice uh, from successful YouTubers and all of them across the board, every single one said, do not be hard on yourself when you start out. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make bad videos. You're going, that's part of the process. And other YouTubers will understand that because they went through that process. You know, it's like the gym, right? When you go work out of the gym, other the, the real cool people will help you work on the technique because they were there uh, in your position in the past before and they remember. So that's the the biggest piece of advice that I got that really helped. It was okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay not to have a good video. Whatever. Just keep doing it. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, you even bring up like the mental health side of it. I would. Mm. We could do a whole like one hour just on that side of it too, because I know that you've had you've had some battles, man, and you've uh, you've come through, and you're just a fantastic example now of just keep pushing, keep going. You know, don't don't beat yourself up. Um, yeah. It's not easy, but I, it's, it's, it's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I know we're, we're getting to get to that time here pretty soon. So we want to go ahead and hit up the rest of those stream labs and super chats real quick before we call it a day. Uh, yes. So going back, uh, for stream labs, we got Jake Alcaveta donated $2 for the square jar for Roka's. <laughs> Sorry guys. That don't vibe with my sensibility. <laughs> He hasn't said a third word since then. So. Have I? Oh, damn it. All right. A uh, fourth word since what, then. That, that counts? Oh, no, come on. All right. Yeah. Jake's talking about his sensibilities. Get out of here, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I know, Jake. Uh, PC donated $5 stream live. Great show, guys. Seriously. Thank you, PC. Thank you, PC. Uh, we got AK Torres donated $3. The outlaw is the greatest heel of all time. That's, That's right. I, 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 okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I would venture to say maybe that we need an outlaw versus a dastardly heel off, uh, but maybe I, we'd have to be in cages because uh, yeah. we would cross lines. There's no <laughs> way we wouldn't cross lines and come to blows at some point. <laughs> There's just no way. We're both. Uh, I and, and Andrew, I think probably hates when I say this, but. I, when I see him, he is, he is me in my twenties. And I remember that guy and the, the, just the, the, the belief and the look, I mean, I was 185. I was ripped coming out of the military, 185, 20 years old, man. It just, the world was my oyster. So, you know, I get it. Uh, kid's good looking. He's driven. He's He's going to be successful. Uh, you know, nothing can take him down except himself. So, and going, and great hair, yeah. And going at him toe to toe, the chair uh, would be fun. Hmm? The, the chair can take him down. 
<laughs> can I talk? Can I say something real quick? Like, uh, I I made a comment about this on the uh, the Facebook page for the Schmodown that mm. after the uh, Houston match, uh, just a small thing, and I made a comment on it, and Christian was like, with like a GIF of some sort, doing that kind of thing. It was it's that between you pulling guy back into the ring and then Bateman hitting him with the chair, it was like the only two people that guy tackled were the ones that put the hands on him. Yeah. That was on purpose. That yeah. uh, small touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was nice. Yeah. Um, going to the super chats. Uh, Tyler donated $5 saying here, boys, put this in your hashtag action dungeon fun. <laughs> oh, hi, Roka. How's your spoonsmanship? <laughs> Again, the spoonmanship will never get dull. Yeah. And that was an interesting situation because I auditioned for that commercial four separate times. By the way, there were four separate, uh, what do they call that guy? A cook, a grill master, whatever he was called. There were four. What was that? It was like a head chef. Yeah, yeah. There were four separate people who have been that chef. And then after me, there was, I think, two more people before they ultimately killed that whole campaign. They were trying to find the right person. So they would cast one person. They do the commercial. People didn't like it. They cast a second person. And they do the commercial. And it's not that people didn't like it, but they didn't feel like it was the right thing. Third person got cast. Because when I got the audition again, the fourth time, I was like, what is going on here? How? They've shot the commercials. Then when I booked it, I was shocked out of my mind because I did that accent. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, they must like the accent. you know. So I did it for the... um thing and El Pollo Loco does not want stereotypical accents. So uh, I thought I was okay with what I did. And when I look at it now, I'm still not doing a stereotypical accent. It's an accent, but I'm not going like Speedy Gonzalez or anything like that. So uh, it, but I get why people make fun of it and, I, and I'm okay with it because uh, it was a nice payday. So people can make fun of it all they want, but I made more than you probably made in a year. So that is still a funny yeah. line though. It, it is. It is a funny His line. Skills are great. He's working on the spoonsmanship. Spoonsmanship. Um, and then PC did the $2 super chat. Uh, everyone at Chicago yelling, uh, best spin at you. Is <laughs> yeah. At the live show, people started yelling best spin at me. That was funny. <laughs> Watching like all the other Schmodown competitors that have had those kinds of flubs as well. Uh, like I've seen, um, like we were, we're huge fans of Smets. Yeah. Um, and we followed his career last season with great interest. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the whole don't tell Peter, you could tell, like we could see like on his face exactly how much in that moment, how that hurt him. But now you see him, he talks about it. He's, he's open to talking about it and he's bounced back from it. And uh, same thing. He uses that as like a source of empowerment to Mm -hmm. come back. Uh, You see uh, Kalinowski coming back from his flash uh, debacle. But that one, that call to action, like playing all the time. Oh yeah, the Flash Gordon one. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, with with uh, Smets, um, and I wasn't there for Kalinowski. I probably would have done this with Kalinowski too. But with Smets, I was there at the match, but I wasn't in the um, studio because I had a match later on, or had just finished a match and I was exhausted, so I just wanted to sit out. So, so but I was watching it on my laptop, and when he said, "Don't tell Peter," I screamed. Yeah. Because um, I know exactly what that moment was. And when he reacted to that moment and heard himself say the wrong word, when it was said back to him that he was wrong, 
And he just, went, oh my God, I knew exactly where he was. So when he came out, as soon as he came out of that studio, I made a beeline right to him. And I just said, do not let this define you. It is one match. You worked your butt off to get here and have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, go, go back, study harder and, and prove everybody wrong. People are going to make fun of you for this. Don't let it affect you. The best way you get back at them is to get back in that ring and beat everybody until you get that belt around your waist again. So Which be sad, be hurt, whatever, but you're going to get past it. Have faith that you'll get past it. You're talented enough to do it. So, yeah. I think back, uh, back at our time when we actually did the reaction to it, we were sitting down watching it. And as soon as it happened, we were both like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. It's one of those moments. And I immediately messaged him afterwards. I was like, dude, that sucks. But man, I know for a fact, like based on your performance so far, you are going to come back hard and it's going to be, you're going to be one to watch out for because now you're hungry. Yeah. Now you're hungry. Mine. So like I, even I got the, the one when I did my, my one stint on the schmo down, uh, mine was the sitting in the wrong chair. <laughs> Which, I absolutely hated that. Like even in that moment, like you could see uh, watching that when uh, Ellis is like, yeah, well, you must be nervous. You're in the wrong chair. And you see a quick wave of defeat on my face. Like, oh, crap. And now I like it because you go back and whenever I hear people saying like, so competing on the Schmodown is not like, say, watching it at home. They're, the lights definitely, yes, the lights definitely have an effect. Here's <laughs> prime example <laughs> answering questions i'm just trying to do something as simple as sit in a freaking chair <laughs> i can't even do that right that's true so, very true i love that day because i'm standing off to the side the entire time going you're ruining this for us what are you doing oh and then the funny one was uh andrew guy in the background idiot you <laughs> it was <Wow>. hilarious <laughs> uh I guess last one we got with the uh, super chat. Uh, Paul Denuzio PLD says, I have a ton of outlaw related content to go back and listen to tonight. As far as greatest heel, isn't John the fourth greatest? <laughs> wow. That's like Paul's the fourth greatest host on the, the call to actions people. So, you know, he's, uh, he must know what it feels like. He certainly must know what it feels like, uh, oh. you know, uh, <laughs> uh and, and that leading into uh the last uh, last really big compliment i feel like that we needed to make is that your wit and your ability to come up with things off the top of your head <laughs> especially in cutting a promo absolutely like bar none i don't think anyone else in the schmodown comes well maybe kalinowski can sometimes come close on those promos yeah but yeah uh bar none like the top thank of, you of all of them so uh, it, it stems from being made fun of in in elementary school and middle school that I couldn't make a comeback. And back in my day, when I grew up, it, that's what it was called, uh, a comeback. Uh, oh, you know, I got made fun of all the time because I couldn't think on my feet. Uh, yeah. And I remember that being something that I was determined, I was driven uh, to be able to do uh, at some point through high school. Eventually, I got sharper. Playing basketball really helped because you got to learn how to talk trash on the court. And so uh, being able to play basketball through high school pickup games, I didn't play for the team. Uh, being play, Playing the pickup games for like two or three hours, you learn to talk trash. You learn to go with people back and forth or else you get made fun of by your own teammates. So that was the thing that I, I forced myself to pick up and learn. So it comes short. It, it's really second 
nature to me to do it uh, in a promo or in a back and forth with somebody. So even here with Paul and look, everybody, even Paul acquiesced. He goes, damn, touche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it works. So, yeah. So that's probably going to do it for this episode. This <laughs> um, seems like a good note to go out on. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode next week. Um, is going to be a very special episode for us as well. Uh, we will be announcing, well, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about what we're, this is an announcement, pre-announcement. <laughs> we will be going into details over our Patreon that we will be releasing next week. Finally starting. Uh, yeah, so uh, we will be doing a Patreon that starts next week. We will be talking about that and covering the tiers on our episode next week so make sure y'all watch for that um and join the patreon once we get it started up um anyways that's it for the show next week <laughs> uh, as far as you john though let's uh let's go ahead and do those plugs real quick let us know where uh we can find you and all that stuff and everything the kids need to know out there Oh yeah, you can follow me at the Roca says R O C H A uh, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Trying to get Twitter above twenty thousand. I'm oh, sorry, above thirty five thousand. Trying to get Instagram above twenty thousand. Uh, you can uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Trying to get over twenty thousand subscribers on that. That's uh, YouTube.com/slash John Roca says. Uh, they wouldn't give me the Roca says, so I had to put my name in there. John Roca says. So please go and subscribe there, uh, and the Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash John Roca. Uh, a lot of tiers uh, in there. A lot of things for you to, for you all to uh, enjoy and experience. And I'm still adding shows to that and building Patreon only shows to that. So if you join, please send along suggestions for shows that you want to see because that's what I'm trying to build. I mean, Dan already has 400 patrons for God's sakes. I'm trying to. I'm. Uh, I started way earlier than him, uh, and I've and I'm uh, just barely over uh, 200 so trying to build up from there uh you know and i think creating shows with your suggestions will help me do that um i think that's everything yeah i think that you know the top 10 podcast the cinephiles podcast and the geek buddies podcast as well also one last thing the youtube channel has its own podcast network it's called the outlaw nation podcast network so everything we do on the youtube channel i just strip the audio off the video and put it right onto a podcast right onto the podcast feed for you all to enjoy who can't watch it or would prefer to listen to it rather than to watch it you can do that there as well boom that's it that's everything <laughs> um, a lot of good stuff there you guys make sure you join and follow in all those areas for for john because he is he is killing the game and doing all sorts of great stuff there for you guys to be checking out thank you as for us though you can follow us on twitter and instagram we are at cinefanatics mlp you can also follow us individually at robert adams mlp or at chris adams mlp again that mlp stands for method living production and nothing else so that's the way <laughs> so uh, yeah, so make sure you give us a follow on there. And that's going to do it for this show for this week. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank John, the Outlaw Roca, for joining us. We are blessed and honored to have had you on this show. Uh, it was a blast being able to hear your stories and your viewpoints on these news, the news topics that we had tonight. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this show. Thank you all in the chat for joining us. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to this channel. And we will see y'all next week. Y'all have a great evening. Good night. Yeah.